Welcome to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, education, and more. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and also find us on all social media networks at Real Talk That Talk. And now, let's start the show. All right, let's get this thing rolling, man. Uh, first of all, did anybody see anything pretty decent or, or cool or have anything to talk about that happened this past week? If you don't, I do. But go ahead, Quan. Well, first, I want to say awesome job to uh, Tennessee State uh, for uh, their participation in the Rose Bowl, first and foremost. And secondly, uh, you know, peace be unto uh, Mr. Alfred uh, Watkins. Uh, I believe he retired, but he had the privilege of riding on the float um, at the Rose Bowl. You know, we got to learn how to give our goats and our unsung heroes their roses while they're here. Rich talk. So uh, big shout out to him, all of the band directors that uh, participated in the Rose Bowl near and far. Uh, our very own, uh, Purvey's very own, Mr. Kayvon Runnels, he participated in it, uh, as well as Mr. Woodward Rollins from uh, New Orleans. So big shout out to everybody and every band director that participated. Uh, just, you know, awesome job, Doc. Dope, dope, definitely. Let me go ahead and throw that one more time, man. I, I 100% agree. Uh, I agree. Um, that's exactly what I was going to talk about. Uh, that's what I was going to speak on. Uh, actually, everything that you that you spoke about. Uh, and I will definitely say that Tennessee sound, Tennessee State sounded really good uh, in the Rose Bowl. Um, so I, I definitely want to give props to them. All right, Rick, you good, bro? Oh, go ahead. Oh, one more thing. So, and then uh, I believe next year. Uh, your very own alma mater will be participating uh, in the Rose Bowls next year, right? Absolutely. So, you know, Absolutely. Big ups to them. And honestly, you know, I really appreciate what the Tournament of Roses are doing. I think we need to do it more, honestly. Uh, but, I mean, awesome job to start it, you know? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And uh, my wife was trying to plan that trip out to California. That was tight, though, because that's – Five people trying to make it to California. Nah, 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 it's tight. That's that's not a trip that we're going to be trucking. Uh, but we definitely got to support <laughs> from the TV. So, uh, but yeah, 100% big ups to Norfolk State University's Marching Spartan Legion uh, for being selected to participate in the Rose Bowl on next year. All right. Uh, anybody else got anything before we move on? Yes, no, maybe so. Speak now, forever hold your peace. We good? All right, let's get it started. Well, welcome everybody to Talk That Talk, where we have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. As soon as you come in, go ahead and smash that like button. Before you start hitting the comments and everything else, go ahead and hit the like button, man. Let's go ahead and get this thing started off right. Also, please make sure if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to the network. If you are watching on Facebook, any other places, go over to YouTube and click the subscribe button and also turn on notifications so that you can be caught up on all of the things that we're doing. All right. Cool. All right, man, let's go ahead and kick this thing right off. Uh, so in understanding or seeing what's been going on, well, not seeing what's been going on, being aware that for many uh, school has started back up for a lot of people, man. Uh, Rick, I don't know if you started school yet, but Quan, you, I know you didn't probably went back already, right? And them chillings is already back in the, in, in the building as well. Good. Yeah. So, uh, so a lot of, uh, people have gone back to school, uh, after this amazing Christmas break, 
And so what I wanted to do or what I wanted to focus on was students this week. Uh, you know, students was fresh in my mind. And so a lot of the topics are going to be student centered. All right. So let's kick off the first the first topic and let's get it going. Uh, I think this is going to be fairly simple. Um, here we go. Are, are, are students benefiting from this era of ban? Are students benefiting from this era of ban? And if we need more context, I can give it to you. But uh, Quan, go ahead and kick it off for us, bro. Yeah, Doc, I think I'm going to need more context because it's from what perspective? Um, very very cool. cool. I get it. Um, so when I thought about this, I actually was thinking about, I was actually thinking about from uh, an HBCU perspective, but then I thought about the PD, PWI perspective because um, I randomly saw like these two videos that popped up uh, on my social media page. And it was kind of like, I saw like this PWI program doing this dance routine and I was like, I don't know, is that something that they want to do? Is that something that, that that's just something that they see HBCUs doing and they are just trying to copy from that or is, you know, and then I'm like, I think about what we talk about all the time uh, uh, within the show. And, you know, I saw a lot of posts about parade season coming up, quote unquote, parade season. Uh, and then I'm noticing that there is a battle of the bands that's supposed to be happening in uh, what is that next year or something in the spring sometime that's coming up what was that, in Los Angeles or something like that. Um, and so I was it made me think about you know, where we're placing our thoughts and our, 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 our focus. And I'm wondering with all of these different kind of things that are coming up and all the different ways that we're approaching band, are students benefiting from that, from this particular era of band? Cause I don't think you would have seen as much as what you see uh, now, especially like in the nineties and eighties and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so that's that's where, where my thought process is, is coming from. Does that make more sense? Mm -hmm. So yeah. if it's from that if it's from that perspective, in my opinion, they are benefiting. They're they're they are benefiting uh, with more exposure, uh, more opportunities, um, more travel experiences uh, than some of the bands in the '90s possibly would have uh, been privy to. Uh, we just say it, you know, Tennessee State participated in the Rose Bowl. I think that's big because uh, at one point it wasn't it wasn't like um, it was a great deal of um, historically black black colleges and universities that was participating in uh, like the tournament of roses and so forth. Of course, I know that you know uh, Mississippi Valley participated in the '60s. I know that Willerys did in the '90s. Uh, we had the privilege of performing in 2009. So certain things like that, you see more HBCUs. Uh, and, you know, Macy's in the more, quote unquote, uh, larger creme de la creme of parades. So from that perspective, yes, I believe a few if it wasn't last year or year before last, Hampton participated. I think they crossed the pond and went to England, I believe. So from that perspective, yeah. Um, now, if you dive into from the aspect of music education, then that's a totally different conversation. So uh, but I think. Overall, they are. I'll just leave it at that. I, I, in my opinion, I think they are. 
All right. So could you elaborate or a little bit on your thought process as far as as it pertains to music education? It just when you brought that up, it made me just kind of think about that. So and I, and I guess for me, I learned from Rick. Don't always speak about the negative, speak about the positive. But I'm, I'm going to you know, dive into both of them. So from one perspective and again, this is from my experience. So this is my syllogism only. Uh, I, I see the the. Uh, I'm trying to find the proper word, but I see the difference from affluent to urban in regards to feeder uh, feeder programs and different things like that. I see uh, now it's more of an emphasis, uh, depending your area and region, on uh, drum lines as after school programs instead of a comprehensive overall band program or music program. Um, when, like we stated in the 90s, in my opinion, the 90s, to the last part of the early 2000s with the golden era of bands, of marching bands, um, because you had, like I say, adequate um, middle school programs that were feeding into the high school. You had a different sense of uh, pride and uh, acknowledgement towards um, historical black colleges and marching bands. The only difference was they wasn't getting the proper exposure. So in my opinion, the bands from the 90s and early 2000s are were like the stepping stone to uh, afford the current bandsmen the opportunity to travel and diff- do different things. So I mean, it's 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 positive in my opinion from from that aspect. Um, matter of fact, I saw a clip. Uh, there was a band in New Orleans uh, back in the day. I don't know if the school is still open, but it was a middle school. And I know I'm not trying to get into the conversation of middle school bands, but there was a school man I saw when I was in high school called uh, Bell. I believe it's Andrew Bell outstanding middle school you know those were the the stepping stones to great high school bands in new orleans and around the state of louisiana so uh it's it's kind of different now um from the support supporting the feeder patterns and different things like that now from back in the day gotcha gotcha all right rick are students benefiting from this era of band uh, I think it depends, man. I think it's a very broad question. Um, as we go into the spring, I hope to, you know, see as many uh, one ensemble videos as I see um, marching band videos. You know, that would be great. You know, a lot of us stream our one ensemble, so that would be great. Um, I'm sure when parade season comes around, we're going to see a lot of that. I just I think it depends. I think it depends on the experience that you get. You know, because at the end of the day, if you're looking at a secondary school uh, situation, you have all state coming up, you have all district and all these big events that are about to happen, especially in the state of Texas, man. You know how big that is. TMEA is about to happen. There's a lot of resources that are given to students in the state of Texas uh, for music. So for me, I think that is always going to be beneficial. Um And there are a lot of band directors, both from the show style and the um, PWI or core style, if you will, that that want their students to be actively involved in all those solo ensembles and nothing. Um, I'm not going to bash what anybody chooses to do. All I'll say is this. If the students are learning, then yes. I don't think there is a difference now, y'all, between old music, music education and new. I just don't. I think, like I always say, music is music. If you're making good music, it doesn't matter the time period. You know, that good music is the good music. Like right now, 
I'm being a responsible band director. I'm in my scores, you know, while also, you know, focusing on everything else because school year is for the students. Uh, off season is for us. <laughs> you know, we need to be studying just as much as these students are. Uh, so I think at the end of the day, we need to be doing what's in their best interest. And if that's happening, then yes, it's, it's beneficial to the students. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to sit up here today and, and tell somebody what they should do with their band program. That's your decision. All I will say is that at the end of the day, if you're doing what's in the best interest of your students, that's it. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be easy on this. one. So yes. All right. Cool. Maya. Oh, I'm a, I was just going to take the lighthearted approach anyways. Uh, I mean, I say, yeah, I think that anytime that anyone has the ability to exercise or to be a part in something that they love, then yeah, it's doing them some justice. I mean, yeah, we can take the easy route, or not the easy route. We can take the hard route and nitpick and say, "Oh, well, you know, if it is it to the caliber in which we would say true perfection and pedagogy and all this type of other stuff, sure." But just overall, if someone is able to exercise their talent, learn, have fun, what have you, if it feels good, then yeah, it's a benefit in some shape, form, or fashion. So I'll just leave it. At that. Say, um, Julian, uh, before you interject real quick, I, I want to interject. You know what I, I forgot to mention, but also the the exposure of uh, drum corps as well. Um, and honestly, uh, I think now more minorities um, and people of color are participating in it. Um, so, I mean, that's that's all positive. Um, like I say, on the strength of you, uh, Julian, I was able to experience a completely different world for a summer, uh, you know, as a, a battery tech uh, with the drum corps that exposed me to a different set of pedagogy and understanding. So I think uh, I think we're going into the right direction. So this era of band, in my opinion, has been has beneficial. I mean, Kwan, you know, that's right up my alley, man. Like, you know, that's been work that I've been working on for years, man, from, you know, what What's happening with Travis in 2014 when I brought him with me to Blue Coast to all the students that I've you know worked with and helped to get in DCI? I think that's a good point to bring up, especially being that this is really the beginning of the season, man. Everybody's putting their groups together. Um, the thing about it too is you have different sides of the fence, even on DCI. There are some band directors that don't want the kids to do DCI because the same things we talk about, man. They they think that DCI. Uh, musically is not there. DCI is a lot different now than it was yeah, back yeah. even when I marched and before that. But yeah, man, I mean, it's just, a, it's a good time of year. I love this time of year, to be honest, because we actually do get to see all other facets of these music programs. You know, in addition to marching band, marching band is going to still be there. You know, when I taught at PV, one of the, my least favorite times of year was spring camp. I could not stand spring camp. I knew it was important, but I'm like, man, I am tired of this March band. And I was ready, you know, I was ready to let it go. But it's such an integral part of most HBCU band programs. And we did that in Norfolk State, too. We did spring camp every year. Uh, so, yeah, man, I think it's an interesting time of year. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there 
you know, I'm going to continue with the work, you know, we're doing with our marching counts, you know, we're trying to get more African-Americans into DCI and we're going to continue to do that. Shout out to Eric Prince and all the other uh, folks that are in our marching count uh, with me. But yeah, man, I think that there is a, there is a very, this is a very promising time of year. I think this is where we get better uh, at our music programs in particular uh, from a tonal standpoint, because you guys actually go back to basics and really, you know, focus the chops back in again, make them a little more supple. So everything's not hard. Um, You start thinking more about musicality. I think most, some people do, you know, I try to think about that year round, but you know, it is what it is, man. No shots fired. But uh, yeah, man, I think that, I think it's going to be a good time of year. Yes. I think the students benefit from that. I don't know if some programs, I guess this is the the hard part of it. I don't know if some programs focus on it at the level that they should. You know, I've heard Julian talk about it in the past where like some students just don't care about concert band. And I think that's sad, man. But, you know, it, it is, it's the truth. You know, so pro- some programs, it's not a focus, you know, and I've seen that from some of the auditions I did when I was going around looking for con- for um, scholarships or to give kids scholarships. They ain't worried about that. You know, you walk into a scholarship room and maybe band directors, that's something you can put on your curriculum for this semester. How to teach kids how to um, audition for college scholarships. Because there's been so many times, Quan, I walked into a band room and you get a percussionist back there that can't play any type of mallet instrument can't play cymbals the right way with the right technique to play cymbals. None of that, man. You getting, all right, I'm going to hit this bass drum for you. All right, young man, get on, or young lady, get on that uh, malice and play some scales for me. I don't play that. And they're expecting a $50,000, $60,000 scholarship. Like, come on, y'all. Like, we got to be more real about this. You know, so I think it's a very promising time of year. But yeah, man, I think those are some of the things we can really focus on to help our students even more uh, in this era of band. All right. Oh my, you read something. I thought you was thought you was about to say something. All right. <laughs> All right, cool, man. Let's keep it moving, man. So if you're just tuning in, welcome everybody to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. As soon as you come in, go ahead and hit that like button. Uh if you hit if you're inside the comments, go ahead and hit that like button while you're commenting. And also please make sure that you subscribe to the network and turn on notifications. Also, you can follow us on Spotify if you have missed any of our p- previous shows and you want to go back and check or just listen to those shows while you're riding to work or anything. Check us out on Spotify. All right, we're moving. So let me let me kind of set this up before I put this one out here. Um, so I'm going to go back to a situation that kind of happened to me before. Um, and I don't know if it's happened to any of you guys or you all were part of it uh, or seen anything like this, but I want to go ahead and set this one up so it can make a little bit more sense. So um, I want to say it was about a year or two ago. Uh, I, I We had just had an amazing game and um, we were coming back from the game and we, we I told the kids to put their uniforms up and, you know, lay it on their chairs so it can air out and all the, all the good stuff that you do uh, when you dismiss um, after a game. And so the night ends, all the kids go home. 
Uh, I get home and when I get home, uh, I rest well. And the next morning I get a call or I get a, uh, not a call. I get a, a message on the band app from a student who tells me that there was an, a interesting altercation that had taken place after the game. And I was massively unaware about it, but um, just to kind of zip through this, what ended up happening is a student who was dating a young lady in the band ended up trying to mess around with another young lady in the band. And the, uh, the, the girlfriend found out, snatched his phone out of his hand and then proceed. And he proceeded to uh, slap her. Yeah, this all happened uh, unbeknownst to me. So big, big situation, massive dissension within the band. A lot of girls didn't want to talk to the guy. And then the girl, the 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 original girlfriend ended up not coming, not wanting to come back to the band. And then I had to talk to her and then the girl that he was messing with was a freshman. And then I had to talk to her. Big, big situation. So. Uh, and I know there, are, uh, I know there are a couple of band directors out there listening as well. So uh, y'all can feel free to chime in in the chat. But I got to ask this question: Can a relationship, can a band relationship, slow down progress? Can a band relationship slow down progress? Uh, Maya, since you sniggling and giggling, you got it first. I mean. <laughs> What what age are we talking about? Like, I think it depends on maturity and age. Like, if we're talking about, like, high school, middle school, stuff like that, then sure. I mean, even in college, yeah. But yes, I mean, yes. Yeah, I guess so. I think it just depends on, like I said, maturity level and what age group we're talking about. I mean, I myself have been in a relationship in the band, and I, I don't think that it's slow. This is before y'all got there. <laughs> You know nothing about this. <laughs> um, like, but when it comes down to I was in my section, he was in his section, it is what it is. Like, it just is what it is. I mean, I don't I'm laughing because this is this sounds so childish. Like this sounds like something that would happen in like middle school, elementary school, or something like that. That's my man. Oh, that's my man. Okay, sure. So, yeah, definitely anytime that there are catty things or things that can interact or jealousy and all that type of stuff, sure, it can definitely affect progress. But again, maturity and placementship and that's just really all the end all to be all maturity. Okay. I mean, is that what we were talking about? Like, is that the type of progress? Yeah, you good. You good. You 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 answered it just fine. You did a you did a very good job. You were well. Listen, after my my uh, last comment last week, I am trying to be wholesome and politically correct. What was your last comment last week? Not really. I'm just talking. I was talking about the southern government. Oh, okay. I, you know, I really, I, I really don't give a damn. But <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I was like. What you talking about? All right, I, I guess. Hey, whatever. All right, Kwan, can a band relationship slow down progress? Uh, I no, I don't. I don't think it's slow down progress. Uh, I'm gonna just be honest. The shit is annoying. 
I mean, like if when it gets to that point, it's annoying, but it doesn't slow down progress. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's middle school, high school, or even in college. I, I don't think it's slowing down progress. Now, when you hear it, you'd be like, damn, for real? Like, that's this is what we doing? But I don't think it's a slow down progress, bro. I've had similar situations uh in in high school band. I've had similar situations in middle school band. Anytime you have the opposite sex, somebody gonna go together. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. But as long as it doesn't get to a point, you know, where it is violent, you know, it doesn't get to the point where, you know, and now we have to be concerned about social media bullying and different things like that. As long as it doesn't get to that or people sending videos and because, you know, it get wild, you know. Uh, but outside of that, I don't I don't think I don't think it's an issue, bro. Being honest. You got some people that in the college level uh, that they they date in there and they end up getting married. So now nah, you can't say that, man. All right. Rick, what about you, bro? So, uh, I want to look at this from a couple of different facets. I've taught at every level, middle school, high school, and college. Let's start with college. In college, it can absolutely have an effect because it can turn factions of the bands against other other factions of the band. I have seen TBS be ready to fight somebody because of a relationship that happened in the band. Good Good point. Or, or everybody has seen it. Like, just think about college life in general. I was talking to my wife about this yesterday because her chapter of AKA was notorious for denying chicks because they ain't like the dude they talk to or something like that. Like, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put this just on women because it's not just women. We can be just as catty as men. I'm just giving examples. I don't want the ladies being here talking. Oh, you come off the women? No, I'm just giving you examples. So. I think we're being a little too politically correct tonight because this happens all the time. Secondly, as a college band director, some of us can be messy as hell when it comes to this type of stuff with our students. Like, I'm just, I mean, let's be real tonight, y'all. Like, as as directors, we know everything that's going on in our band. We do. Y'all may not know it, but we do. And, and people at the college level usually have loose lips. Especially if somebody cute. Mike, I'm glad you didn't talk to nobody in the band because everybody would have known it because everybody would have been all up in your business. And it was like, it was always like that. I remember hearing stories when passing. I'm walking down the hallway, Maya, and I'm like, she did that? Really? Oh, my. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my. Mm. Keep going. No, it's like, no, but yeah, no, but like, we. I think everybody likes a little mess every now and again, but when it it affects the band, uh, I haven't really seen it that much, except for, like I said, when you have factions of the band that let personal stuff get involved. That's why I always say, leave all that personal stuff at home. I know that's easier said than done, but you know, as a band director, you should always be trying to, uh, to mediate those uh, type of conversations and arguments. And I remember when I was in the band, you know, I had I had opportunity to uh, to uh, talk to, you know, with a couple of people in the band. And uh, yeah, um, I don't think that that affected us at all. I think I think it was cool. I think I had a good time. You know, a couple of rookie rookie sisters here and there. You know, but anyway, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, I had a good time in the band, you know. But uh, high school, junior high, y'all, I think this ties in to what I was talking about with that whole mass band competition, uh, mass band conversation, right? Remember when that brother came in and he was telling us how he went to mass band and people was drinking and smoking, having a good old time? I think it ties into that. We, our kids are growing up way too fast. You know, we all were fast when we were in high school. I know I was. But we don't allow, especially our black kids, don't aren't allowed the opportunity to still be kids. And, and it's, it's terrible because some of the people that are supposed to be in, you know, mentoring these kids or leading these kids, we the main ones, you know, partaking in this mess. Like all these people, I, I've known many people um, that have, you know, become band directors and had to deal with issues like that. I, had, I talked to a friend of mine, he had to fire one of his staff members this past week for some mess like that. You know, so I think it's a situation, y'all, where at the end of the day, are you doing what's in the, it seems like that's the theme of this show. Are we doing what's in the best interest of these students? You know, you know, take yourself out of the equation. Is it going to better the band experience for these kids where they want to continue to do this, you know, forever? You know, I, I say, like I got my trumpet right beside me. I'm going to play trumpet until I can't because it's something that was instilled in me, you know, in 1993 when I first picked that horn up for the first time. So, yeah, man, I... I don't think band relationships slow the progress of the band. I think it can have a lot of mess stirring in the band that can make the, you know, the, the process a little muddy, especially being like to create great music. You have to have a harmonious environment. People have to be able to work together and cooperate together. You know what I'm saying? And listening and want to be in that together. And I, I think from that standpoint, maybe, but yeah, man, I ain't never heard, of a situation, me personally, where Johnny dating Tammy resulted in the band sucking. Like, like that, I've never heard of that before. But I have seen some mess brewing in the background. So, yeah. So, no. I don't think it affects, you know, band progress. I think it re- affects relationships in the band. So, I have a I have a question. Um, and, Maya, you can kind of chime in on this as well. Do you all make rules for like dating in your programs or are there rules or have there ever been rules set in any programs that you are a part of? I mean, no, I remember back in the day, I'm going to give you a couple of examples. I remember back in the day when I first started marching drum corps, uh, I had heard of stories of like them making women sleep on one side of the gym and the guys sleep on the other, you know, like stupid stuff like that. When I was in the band in Norfolk State, Dr. Sanford never said anything about that at all. He didn't care. As long as you showed up on the field and did your job, Doc was like, whatever, I don't care. Make sure you get here on time. So why does Doc always sound like he's from Europe? But anyway. um, got to say, what what <laughs> what language was that you were just That's saying? That's not good. We are not going to be a middle-of-the-world band. Band. Doc. Sure. Right. <laughs> so but anyway. Yeah, I, I don't remember that, man. I don't remember those type of rules and plays. I remember being in high school. Like, I mean, the only thing I can remember is like people, like, if we traveled, you couldn't, like, all boys stay in the same room and stuff like that. But you better believe on them band trips, we was knocking on them doors. Yeah, you can room with whoever you want. 
Mardi Gras, for all my Norfolk State people, Julian won't there. I'm sorry, Julian. But Mardi Gras was a joyous experience. Joyous. And my roommates was my rookie brothers. And we had a great weekend. New Orleans, man, New Orleans don't owe me nothing. I love that city. So all I'll say is you can put whatever rules in place you want. Fast kids going to be fast kids. Hopefully you have a situation where they respect the band program enough where they won't do something that puts the band at risk. You know, so I we ain't had those type of rules. I me as a band director or anything, just do the right thing, man. Live live like you know you're supposed to live. And then the last thing I'll say is a lot of these HBCU band program or style band programs, including the black high schools and stuff like that, even though it's not a part of the program, we as black people, we the blacks are usually very religious. So you have a lot of band directors that that push that from praying before you get on the road. I know we did that at PV. We ain't touched that road without hitting that prayer, daddy. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you have a lot and, of that. And the bus for a chant. Right. Well, bus for the double deuce caboose. Woo-hoo! Your mama. Oh, we had a we had a theme song, y'all. Yeah, y'all. PVP. I don't know about that. But, um, yeah. But yeah, man, we uh, yeah, but it's a like like that religious aspect is still in a lot of our programs, just as black folks. So I, I think that helped. I guess we still did what we wanted to do. I don't know. So yeah, what do you think, Boo Boo Kitty? And Boo Boo Kitty, why you sound stopped up? You okay? I was gonna I was gonna make light of it, but you brought it up first. You got it. Because <laughs> I am. I'm just a little bit congested. Um. Uh, what are we asking? What are my thoughts on it? Or I don't remember us having any rules. Like, uh, let's see. Phoenicia said, "Oh, well, yeah, yeah." That's right. I definitely did not want us talking to you, box folks. <laughs> well, that's how they got that foxes make your booty fat. Like, I'm just there was a reason for that, but I mean, again, like y'all did it happened and, <laughs> and had kids. Yeah, like, I mean, it was inevitable. Um, yeah. But I don't think, I don't remember. I think the part that bothered me the most is they hit the foxes, make that booty cry. Y'all up there. Oh, my God. Oh, exactly. <laughs> what? Freaks. Them freaks. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I don't think Miss Sean had any rule. Like, I mean, she was just like, Everybody's an adult. Just make sure you do what you got to do. Like, just take care of your business. Um, I don't think it was more so of like, oh, don't fraternize with the enemy or don't fraternize with the, this person or that person. Because, but she knew Maya. She knew that water was getting spit on a, on on so that water was being spit all over the place. It won't nothing she could do to stop it. Just, but do I think you're responsible. But I think the difference was like we. I think everybody, you still have that mindset of no public PDA in front of the directors and different things. But let's 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 keep it a book. You would, but when that light went off on that bus, that was a different story. You know no, what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, I know what I'm talking about. No, you up here lying. Everybody understood what them like. Went off, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's why the foxes had their own bus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay. stuff, I'm just saying. But you know, you know, them, you know, certain floors you be tiptoeing at night and doing, you know, I'm gonna leave it at that. 
don't know nothing about that. Man, Quan, you don't know how many times I walk. Look, Zach, Zach got it right there in the comp. Man, you don't know how many times I'm walking through the hallway. I see a little young fella's tucked away in the corner, spitting some water or something. I'm like, what y'all doing? Nothing. Like, nothing what? Oh, that's what they call nothing? Stop spitting it. Like, over there just getting it. We, we I'll, I'll leave it at that. That's maybe an after-party conversation. But hey, I guess, Yeah, we can leave it for there, Quan, because we up here lying right now. Yeah, it ain't affect the it ain't affect the band program, but it was a huge part of the experience. I mean, um, but it was much easier for y'all though. Like, and how many other people in the band in general? Like, Miss Sean would always just be like, "Okay, like, know what you're getting into." Like, especially being in an auxiliary, you're automatically going to be. It's an retention. That and the way in which your actions are perceived are automatically going to be a lot more critical than anybody else, right? So it's like, okay, well, if you're going to do this, just making sure you know what you possibly getting into and what's going to possibly become of it or how it can be displayed or, or perceived or disrupted or put on the blanket or nitpicked or picked about and all that type of stuff, so... But I think it's double-sided too, right, Maya? Because, like, yeah, you got the student side, but what we haven't talked about is the director side. Because I remember when I got, I first got the PV, you would have thought, when I first got there, I, I, I let the student, everybody tell it, I was talking to everything walking. I'm sitting there like, golly, like, no, no, no. I'm Quan, you would be surprised, bro. I'm getting people like, oh, do you talk to this person? That no. I don't talk to nobody. And that game, that's <laughs> that chocolate. <laughs> no, bro, it ain't that, man. It's the fact that when you're in a position of power, people expect you to, to you know, push that power onto people. I'm not that type of director. I want to be a director that the people feel like they can come talk to. You know, no matter who it was. Like, like I say on the show all the time, it was weird for me when I first got there at our first game that I went to because I didn't go to the Labor Day Classic. I went to the next game. And uh, in uh, Beaumont, and yeah, you I sure? it, you didn't go, yeah, no, nah, I didn't go to uh, Texas Stadium, I went to the Beaumont game, and I remember how much it blew my mind how them guys was calling Maya's name that did not know her. That shit bothered me, bro. Bro, we and I'm talking about her. we used to talk about that every single game, bro. Like, yeah, we couldn't understand, like, we was like, dog, this is weird having all these dudes calling this one girl name, like, yeah, we, I and I remember. That. And, and me personally, I didn't want to talk to Maya because I had no reason to talk to Maya. And I didn't want it to be all, oh, look at him trying to holler at Maya. So I, I went and talked to her. But one day I just rounded like, Maya, does that bother you? And she was like, yeah. I don't know these dudes, random dudes coming up. And then she's in the little leotard, daddy. I'm like, man. But I, like, I can only think about if it was my daughter in that situation. I wouldn't want that mess, man. Grown men trying to holler at her. But I have a question though. Do you feel like social media also changed that too? Because like, yeah, we had Facebook that just had kind of started and was in this infant stages. But like, I think Maya, when you started marching, like Facebook, Instagram, everything was like popping. So people started following, you know, dancers. And then we could just gonna keep it a book in the HBCU world to be a dancer, you know, at that level, you low key like a yard celebrity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So and you was a captain, so like, think about like the shows that transition now. Like, you're cele- you that's a celebrity status, you know what I'm saying? So to a dude, I mean, but the other part of that, and Maya, I'll let you go because well, he asked you the question, and I'll add on to it. Go ahead, Maya. 
I mean, no, exactly that. There is, there is a, a piece of that that comes with it, and especially, I guess it was a lot that had to do with it was because I came from Townview and the natural feed-in from Dallas to PV anyway. So it was like I already had a little bit of traction even before I got there. Um, but, and I've said it before, like I'm very glad to a certain extent that I stopped dancing when I did because even now that social media is even more prominent. And I mean, like we like we were talking about tapes or, or footage just being put out live, you know? So if everyone is a lot more accessible like the you you know what I'm saying like it's like these people feel as if they know you, and to think like people was making shirts with my face on it that I had no idea who they were. So yeah, there's definitely a creepy element to it, but I'm just glad that I stopped when I did because I don't know I don't know if I would have been able to make it through you know what what's going on now because it's but like but like even your time like I think it's your time your time in particular Maya because. Right now, I don't hear. I mean, it may be the same. I'm not. I haven't been to a game in a while, but I don't hear them talking about the dancers the same way. Yeah, they probably look like, damn man, they got that fine yeah. kick. But I'm they sorry, don't they ain't calling them by name. You don't know them Shit. girls' name. She. They know. They know their whole squad name, dog. They can name every really? person. Yes, bro. Yes. Because I, I remember when Maya was dancing. I I remember it like it was yesterday. It was Maya. And it was that young lady from Southern, uh, what, um, Kayla, Kayla, and I think she's like a singer or something now, right? So Kayla it was like, yeah, like it was y'all two. That's the people I always heard people talking, and I'm sitting there like, bro, they don't know these young ladies, and they got like Maya said, pictures with shirts with Maya face on it, calling her by name in the stands. Like it was almost. I remember Julie. I remember this visit vividly. I remember me and you talking. We were like, man. We might have to start something like the Spartan Guard or something here, yeah. because the way that like when y'all would come out the stands to go get dressed, like I remember in, uh, in, in Blackshear, I used to walk with y'all sometimes. I'm like, man, I don't want no dude to just walk up on these ladies and yeah, on that stupidity, man. So it can get scary out there, man. Like it's it's way hmm. worse now, bro. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna be 100. It's it's a lot worse now because now you have. And, and Maya can, can probably agree. I'm just coming from a band director standpoint, the person who just tries to keep up. But there are there are full pages de- dedicated to certain dance lines, certain people on dance lines. Like um, I, I like I told you before, like my former student was a was a um, was a former dog captain. But like I I found it weird when so many people just actually knew who she was and she had a fan page. And I was like, bro, like. Y'all like y'all knew who she was when she was a uh what's what's it called the not the um dolls was it golden blues is that what it's called at Southern I think yeah like they knew her name when she was a golden blue like that I, that like it's real bad now bro it's like super bad now though. but I think but she, I think it's different too weird, it's different, but it's different though right because like you and think about it from a MIAC perspective right with the exception of no, I can't even say that. Back when we marched, y'all, the obsession with the dancers was not there. Yeah, we had some beautiful girls in the hot ice, but they had the straight dancer body. There was no nothing there. So, like in the Mia, when we saw when we saw Morris Brown for the first time, Bubbling we Brown like, Sugar, mm. we were like, oh, Bubbling Brown was 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 top notch. 
Back because then. we used to say it all the time. No, no offense to my my hot ice uh, friends and stuff. We love y'all, man. But at the end of the day, we used to say they got the prepubescent boy bodies. There was nothing happening, and we'd be like, "Boy, looking like straight Alva Ailey out there." And then, and then a couple of kids. Uh, I mean, a couple of years later, like after I got out the band, I ain't gonna say this young lady name, but she came into the band and it changed things. All everybody was like, "No, no." Well, I, I'm not gonna say it changed things. She was the only one because everybody that was surrounding yeah. her still had the prepubescent boy bodies, except that for one day. person from Portsmouth. And I'm not putting the name out there, but except for one person, it, it like it kept transitioning, right? So it was always one per year, right? Until she got in in hot ice and then things, we were like, okay. So all I'll say is it was completely different in the MEAC than the the videos we used to see of other conferences. Like it was, that was new for us. And see, that's what, that's what I was going to bring up too, Sean, because we live in the social media era now, a lot of these young ladies love it. You know what I'm saying? Back then, it was back during Maya's era and, uh, you know, before it was hella creepy. But now, like, these girls fan off of that, you know. Well, and they also, these women are also monetizing it now, right? Because all these women that are very popular like that, all of them throwing little dance camp daddies and making money off. it. I Like, I mean, we talked about that, like, towards the beginning of the show. All these women now that were former dancers that are throwing these come dance with. Like, I told Maya, I swear you can make some money. Because all these people that know you by name come dance with Maya for a weekend. I guarantee you there'd be about 15, 20 women in there and about five or six guys in there ready to, ready to learn how to dance from Maya. It like, might be 15, 20 guys and five or six Right. Guys. Like, you can monetize. Like, these women are being in. Yep. These women are monetizing it, man. And, and good for them. Shoot, make that money. I wish somebody come out. Hey, I'm gonna throw a trumpet camp. It'd be about two people. There. <laughs> I'll be there, bro. I'll be, I'll be there with you, you dig? <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> All right, any final thoughts on that? Before man, we didn't actually move yeah. way away from the conversation. But hey, yeah, final thoughts? No, but I mean, I think it's a good thing, right? Like as band directors, I think it's important for us as band directors. I think it's important for us as band directors to have the best interest of all of our students at mind, right? Yeah, you yeah, you need to be in the know so you can be able to defend your band if need be. But also, we all know this, man. Band directors, we serve more than just the role of band director. We mama, daddy, unk, auntie, we inspirator, you know, we, we we do all these things for our our band programs. And I think at the end of the day, you know, as band directors, just keep that in mind, man, that these students are looking at you for that leadership and make sure you're not involved in the mess so you can be that role model that these students need. So, yeah. say so I do want, I do want to add one, one thing uh, for my final thought. I do want to give a shout out to Michonne, uh, my dance instructor, uh, Miss Walker. Uh, she was super excited, super proud. I believe Michonne this weekend, this week, she's uh, at TDA, the Texas Dance like conference, if I mispronounce it, my apologies, but she's, you know, highlighting HBCUs and whatnot. And I do want to give her her flowers as well. Like she was excited, you know, so, you know, uh, let's continue to support her and what she's doing, honestly, for the HBCU world. Yeah, 100%. Let's, uh, let's support that. Let me go ahead and give a hand clap while, while I'm thinking about it. There we go. All 
right, let's keep it moving, man. If you're just tuning in, welcome everybody to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Please make sure that as soon as you come in, you go ahead and get those likes up. Go ahead and hit that like button, man. The comment, the comment section is going crazy, man. Click that like button while you comment. And also, please make sure you go over to the YouTube page if you're watching us on Facebook and subscribe to the network. If you're already on YouTube, then great. Go ahead and subscribe to the network and turn on, and turn on notifications. Also, remember, you are on spot. We uh, we are on Spotify. So if you missed any part of this conversation or any previous conversations, you can listen to us on Spotify. And this episode will be uploaded tomorrow. All right. Let's keep it going. So uh, I know that we talked about um, band directors and new band directors and, and band directors who are not from specific universities. And we all, and we were just really kind of more or less making the, the idea was whether it was a good idea or not. But my question now actually deals with the students. So does change help the student or stifle their growth? Dang, I wrote this terrible. Oh, let me let me retype that. There we go. Does change help the student or stifle their growth? Does change help the student or stifle their growth? Rick, can I say gross growth? Jesus, mess. That's that alpha mess. But um, yeah. Um, hey, hey, hey man, unacquainted, intershake hands, exchange unions, and depart friends. I was looking at your shirt. That's why I said it. All right, go ahead trash um well i'll give a shout out to the j5 dudes hey yeah whatever um uh have a nice day uh mess um does it help the student or stifle growth uh, it depends everything ever it's like every type topic is it depends because i think it all it ultimately boils down to who's in front of the students right like if you put Jerry Junkin in front of any band, they're going to get better. It doesn't matter who the band is. Jerry Junkin is a master teacher. Those of you that don't know, Jerry Junkin is the director of bands at the University of Texas. Probably the preeminent person in one ensemble conducting right now, who I wanted to study with, but I couldn't, unfortunately. But he is one of the best at what we do. You put Alfred Watkins in front of any band, Quan bought him up. Mr. Watkins can teach anybody. I've seen it myself. My first time experiencing Mr. Watkins was not as an adult. I was in high school, and I remember seeing this black man that won BOA. Matter of fact, I think he's the only one. Mr. Watkins is the only one. He won BOA twice. And I'm sitting there like, man, that man looks like me, and if he can do it, I know I can do it. So I think it's if, if it's it's who in, who's in front of the students, right? Like, I'm going to give you a prime example. And I'm going to be absolutely upfront and honest about this. When I saw that uh, Mr. Simmons got that job at Texas Southern, I did not know what to expect. And it's for two specific reasons. A, he's a young man. You know, he's a young man. He's, you know, he's been a band director for a couple of years now, but his experience is, you know, he's young. And then the other thing was, you know, TSU was in a, in a rebuild, man. They were trying to really take that band to the next level. So I wanted to give that brother every, you know, benefit of the doubt because I knew he was going to be dealing with some challenges. But I got to say, man, he made that band better instantly. 
You can say whatever you want. That brother did his job and he did it at a high level. And I think so often than not, man, you look at like people will look at young people and be like, man, why they hire that young dude? He went in there and changed that band around instantly. And you got some older dudes that took over some band programs. We ain't going to mention their names, you know, but some older dudes that's been in the game 40 years that took over some band programs and the bands got worse. I'm sitting there like that young brother went in there. He was able to turn this band around instantly. He has the talent to do what we we do, man. So I think at the end of the day, it's all about the visionary that's in front of the band. Now, I think this question is looking more so from the fact that this person might not know about the culture that they're getting into. I had absolutely no idea what the PV culture is. My first day on PV's campus, Quan, I pulled up in my truck. I got out my truck and the bass drums were under that tree right there to the left when you're going in the side entrance, right where that rail is. The bass drums were right there. So I'm walking up the, um, the uh, sidewalk and getting ready to go up that ramp. And the bass drums were out there, Quan, trying to break the drum head. They were hitting them, them um, bass drums so hard. And I heard a vet tell them, you got to blow that. You got to bust that hole. Hit it. Like they were hitting them like Quan. They were coming back, holding the stick like this. There was no technique, no fulcrum whatsoever. They had the full grip on the stick. And they were literally like laying into those bass drums. And I'm not going to lie to you, Quan. I thought they knew it was me and they were playing a trick on me. I thought I was getting Ashton Kutcher punked. I thought, I, I swear, I thought I was getting punked, man, because they were playing that way. And I'm sitting there like, oh, this ain't MD. <laughs> like, I, that was my first, that was my first thing. Oh, you don't got to like Quan. Hey, before you before you keep going with that story, I did tell y'all up front. We we sat down at the restaurant and I gave y'all the the skinny before no. everything went down. Dog. And that chachos, I remember that chacho. I mean that chacho. What was the name? What Ruchis? Ruchis, Ruchis. That Mexico. It was trash, by the way, Julia. Yeah, when I when I go back and think about it, it was pretty funny. Yes, yeah. But Julia, the night before, Julia was like, "Rick, this is not the band that you are accustomed to." And I thought they were playing a joke on me because of how they were landing to those drums. But as I got to know the students and stuff, man, and really incorporate some of the things, you know, like talking about fulcrum and stuff like that and, and actual technique, man, and, you know, different methods of playing the drums and stuff like that, that some students had never even heard of before. We were able to grow, man. And the growth from PV from 12 to 16, man, I had to learn the culture myself. And then in turn, you know, with the, under Dr. Zachary's leadership, really helped turn that man around. So I think that at the end of the day, as a new director coming into a situation, you need to study just as much as you want your students to study. You need to be getting with alumni and learning the traditions that are good for the program. You need to be researching by directors that came before and not talking trash about those directors to the students because we, we have some of that mess as well. Um, but Understanding the culture that you're going into and respecting it, keeping the parts that work and maybe altering some of the parts that don't. So I think at the end of the day, it's about the visionary that's in front of the band and then staying the course with what you know is right. If you're you know, a legit visionary and the school hiring the right people to take over these jobs. 
There's no such thing as a bad band. Only bad band directors. All right. Hey, can't can't argue with that. All right, Maya. Does change help the student or stifle growth? I mean, I think I could, it could be both. It's like, um, like Brown said, it just depends on who's leaving and who's coming in. Either the program can take a step up or it can take several steps back, just depending on the level of knowledge and expertise of the person who's coming in to change things. I mean, I don't really know how else to, to explain it, but that, um, like when Ms. Sean came in, I definitely think that it, in terms of change, it was a necessary change. It helped. I mean, some of the some of the uh, the people that the girls go up for today are some of the girls with two left feet of yesterday. And Miss Sean had a lot to do with with changing that aspect of what they were able to bring to the table. So that's a very good um, example of being able to, to level up or take things a step above. Now, I mean, I I haven't personally experienced, you know, going from said leadership and then taking a step down. But, I mean, it's not something that cannot happen. So, I mean, I think it just depends. Okay. Quan, does change help the student or stifle growth? I think we all agree on this that uh, it depends who the visionary and who's the person in front. Uh prime example if you look at uh professor gordon at langston i think that's something positive i do agree uh that with brian simmons at texas southern you know that transition uh for that and i'm gonna say for the timing when dr zachary arrived at prairie view that was something positive um now because i'm alumni of prairie view i'm just reared from the perspective of you don't tell family business but that transitioning process once you guys arrived there you know it was a lot going on a lot a lot a lot going on and that's why i say it's disheartening even when you say rick like the guy that was playing the bass drum because unfortunately i mean the truth is i could say this we was put out in 10. you know what i'm saying and then certain things transpire where <laughs> you laughing at me you know what i'm just saying you know what i'm saying we were put out that's the truth we were put out you dig what i'm saying and then certain things happen where uh at the end of the day, they the traditions of, of what was that drum section honestly died when we were, you know, quote unquote expelled. Uh, but I do think, you know, at times new blood is, is, is needed and necessary. Uh, it creates a different type of fire, uh, but also it, uh, it can give a different perspective on uh, pedagogy and teaching. Because um, we have to agree sometimes like the older and seasoned band directors, it's like they know what works. And that's it for them. And then sometimes, you know, that doesn't cut it for this new generation or new age of thinking. So we just have to look at it from that point of view. So uh, it can't help or hurt because uh, I've seen some band directors real talk that get into those seats and they want to just dismiss, you know, old traditions. I mean, I've heard stories of and I'm not going to say the college name, but it was a director that he went in and he was like he tried to change their national anthem. And again, like I say, you know, we're we're a culture of people that deal with post-traumatic uh, slave syndrome. So we try to hold on to the traditions and things because that's near and dear to our heart. Certain things, you know, you can't change. Now, I'm not going to lie. And I can say this personally, you know, the alma, when I heard the alma mater be kind of like tweet because I'm a band director and I knew it. I was like, man, what the 
they doing? But it was for the better. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you also have to be mature. And as a band director, I had to realize this, bro, that's not your band, bro. Is it getting better? If it's getting better, cool. But remember, that's not your band. And like once you get to that point and things are still going in the positive direction, and you know, it ain't no tripping. So, it, like I say, it depends on who's in front of the band. Okay. Let me, uh, Rick, you about to say something? Are you good? Yeah, no, I was going to respond because I think Quan brought up a number of good points. A, I want to go back to like the, the alma mater comment, right? Like, Quan, you were not the only alumni that had that that reaction, some of whom even came up and voiced that reaction. The alma mater at Prairie View is a, a piece called Finlandia. Finlandia is the national anthem of Finland. Finland. <laughs> right. So to play it like a funeral march, <laughs> we is A, historically not accurate and then B um, stylistically not correct. All right. So just changing the tempo alone changes the feel of that whole piece. Like all those things matter. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the second, the second part of that is the um, current version that they're playing was written by Nick Thomas. Correct. Who, Right, who was there before most of those people that came back. So I say all that to say this, Quan, and it ties into everything. Traditions are traditions when they're done repeatedly. They aren't traditions just because we say these traditions. So at one point it was started this way, even though this person was there before all those people that came and talked to us. This person wrote the, the, the arrangement, and now it's a tradition because you did it in 2010 or whenever as opposed to a person that was there, you know, in the nineties or whenever they were there, or even uh, with Prop Phillips, who was there in the early nineties, you know, and going back before that. So I think that people have to always understand that when we call things traditions and all that, we have to remember they had to have started somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I think like you said, because we hold certain things to be so true, we, we are sometimes blinded to the fact that, at some point, that was new, and the people that came before, like it's it's even more uh, interesting, Quan, when you talk to some of like the old KK side from like the seventies at PV, and some of the things they experienced in the band, as opposed to you know a lot of the brothers that came after that, and so and you know everybody after that. So I think that at the end of the day, what you said at the end there is the most important. As long as the band is is getting better and moving forward. As alumni, that should be the biggest thing we care about. Not I can identify with a song that some teenagers and 20-year-olds are playing. It's I marched in that band. I served my time in that band. I want to see that band continue to move forward. And if that's happening, that's how you maintain your membership as a constructive alumni. When you're in there telling the band director what to do, calling students, telling students they suck, you 40 years old, telling a student in the marching band that's 19 they suck, which happens on a regular basis, including in some of these ridiculous groups, um, a bunch of adults telling students how they suck, then at that point, you're not being constructive. You're contributing to the problem that makes band directors say, I'm going to detach myself from this alum- this, this uh, cancer to my band program. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I can't grow a program when I have people that supposedly love this band being the main people online bashing the band. Like, Quan, you, to me, are the epitome of a great alumni of PVMU. Because you're not going to air out Dirty Laundry of PV's band online. But, Quan, let's be honest. A lot of them same people that say they love the band be the main people in that damn uncut group bashing the band or dick riding other bands in the conference. Like, let's be real, man. Like, this this is talk that talk. I, I have had no shortage, Quan, of dick riding a PV alums who be at Southern Games like plugging themselves and they went to PV. Like, why you ain't just go to Southern? It's since you love their band that much. Right. So so I'm not I'm not gonna comment on a dick riding part because I ain't never been a dick rider. I mean Right, I know that's why I said you're an enemy for me of a a good alumni that loves the band. You want to see the band flourish. But but what I think is different, and somebody could comment and uh, make a comment. I think Prairie View situation, and I'm not speaking about the the dick riding part, but in regards of the, I don't know, throughout history of HBCUs and specifically uh, bands, if a director died in the seat. And I, I've brought that up like previously, like until, and, and I pray that nobody really experienced that. Like when you talk about Southern, Southern tradition, you had Doc, he retired in 05. Then he went directly to Mr. Jackson. Mr. Jackson retired, you know, peace be unto him and whatnot. And then it's, it's those traditions. So it's like, you still see the Southern aspect. When you look at Florida A&M, even post Robert champion, what they did, they went back and they, they reached out to their alumni. I think Prairie View and, uh, is the only I'm not gonna say only. Let me not like be uh, foolish to say that, but it's one of the premier HBCUs, specifically in the SWAC, that didn't like kind of like pull their own. I know Eric was on staff for a little bit, and so like during that time period again of transition, it's very hard. And I think it it, it takes people uh, a hard time to let go of that because we're talking about a man that was. The band director from like I think 86, 87, possibly prior to that, to uh him passing away, transitioning in 09 to another band director, and then we have a whole new administration. But Quan, let me let me push back on you a little bit for that, bro. You know, yeah. respectfully. Must have. That's not necessarily and it's true. Gordon was there that whole time. And so was McQueen. And McQueen was there before Prof Ed. McQueen is the one that bought Prof Ed there. So sure. These people were there, right? I think, I'm not saying you're wrong. What I'm saying is I don't necessarily think that's the the case. I think that, yes, the transition from like 10, you know, to when we got there at 12 was tough because there was a lot of influx of other things happening in the band that, you know, from, like you said, the suspensions, not only of y'all, but some other sections and other hate things that were happening. It was just a lot happening, right? Right. When we got there, we provided stability immediately, right? We were like, we're not doing all that. That's not happening. We are here to be great musicians and move forward. What happened, Quan, was I that... <laughs> right. What happened to us, Quan, was that we were second-guessed on every single decision that we made. We were at homecoming, Quan. I will never forget this, bro, and this is why I'm pushing back. Me and Julian were at the door. Talking about the first homecoming, right? Yeah, first homecoming. Gotcha. We were at the door, 
and we were letting people in because they were doing that thing y'all do with the um uh 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 uh, uh, uh you Peace know what I'm talking about yeah Peace Storm they were doing that so we were letting people in the room we were like man sure come in have a good time we were trying to be hospitable we are standing at the door letting people in this dude walks into the band room with a bald head I don't know him I wish I knew his name but he walks into the band room and he's just instantly on the belligerent. And you know us, we ain't about to sit there and let nobody just talk to us any type of way. So Julian confronts the dude. Hey, my man, relax. We like we ain't about that. This the man, blah, blah, blah. The dude, he, did he put his hand on you, Julian? Like push you or something like that? Uh, and you, I mean, uh, the story actually goes, uh, I was standing there next to him and Doc asked me to uh, remove him from the band room. Uh, and so I said, Hey, you know, sorry, so, sorry, man, but you got to go. Mm-hmm. And the, the altercation kind of went from there. He, he was yeah. talking about, don't put, don't put, don't put it in my hands on his body and all of us, you know, or I'll put hands on you and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was pretty rough. But that was the, that was what we were getting around every, it was never support. Mm-hmm. You out there bashing the band, telling us how bad the band is. The band sucks this and that. And then you want to come in the band room and have a good old time. No, dude. Kill your ass. You hate the band? Go be one of them same alumni that's hating on the band online. You can go be one of them. And I'm and I'm still seeing it to this day, man. Like when that whole situation happened with the mass band thing. PV alumni, main some PV, I ain't gonna name them because that gives them, you know, power. But it was PV alumni in there that supposedly loved the storm, but supposedly they love the storm so much that I get the whole drum lines expelled. Or I get this this thing. I love it so much that I'm going to do something that's detrimental to my band. We all love something until we the, we are, or what the, uh, what the bat, what's the Batman quote? You're a superhero until you become the villain, right? Or something like that. Like, we got we to gotta acknowledge, and I don't want to just bash PV, because PV has a lot of great alumni who have been very helpful over the years. I think about people like Jessica and Rowena and all these great people that have been around the band, Barbetta, you know, all these people that wanted to see the band move forward and, and put their money and their resources where their mouth is. Barbetta was the videographer and photographer for the band for years. You know, she didn't have to do that. So there are a lot of great band secretary at one point. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like there are a lot of great alumni from that band and that band is great. And the people are great. You know, I met a lot of great people, but this happens at every band. It ain't just PV where you got somebody that's out there bashing the visionary because they they think they can do the job better. And then you go listen to their band and you like, that's what you want your your university to sound like. So so I I I I'll end with this, uh, Doc. At the end of the day, this is the reality. As a band director, I'm on a high school level and I'm and I'm by myself and I know what. I endeavor through on a daily basis, like you say, being a counselor, daddy, you know, food provider, the cafeteria man, sometimes the taxi cab, you know, whatever, so forth and so on. There, there's no way I can, because I'm a believer that I can ask God for favor and blessings and I'm hating on this person and he's doing the same thing. I just wasn't raised like that. And at the end of the day, l- people truly doesn't don't understand what loyalty means. I'm going to yeah. ride with you till the wheels fall off now behind closed doors and this is the truth i had and i could say this i felt that disposition initially until i sat down with doc 
in 2012 and he was like nah that's not what we're doing and i had a man-to-man conversation with him and he was like this is what we're doing and hey guess what doc you're in this seat for a reason god put you in this seat the band grew every year the sound improved every year hey how can i get to this point at the end of the day bro that's it all that other stuff i really don't give a shit about all that because at the end of the day most of those people that's bashing you're really not a band director. And half of you, again, you weren't good when you marched. And, and I know half of them, and mo- I would say 95 to 99% of them are young. It wasn't the 40 and 50-year-olds online, well, maybe a few, online that were bashing the band. It was the your era, Quan, the 09s, the 10s, the, you know, the end of that prof uh, era were the main people. You know, we're, talk, we're not talking about the older people. So I think I, I want to be very specific there because, like I said, PB has a lot of great alumni. It's just an example, right? But, you know, at the end of the day, if you love your band, no matter who your band is, I love Norfolk State, right? I love Norfolk State. I love my school. Norfolk State gave me so much. You know, I got my undergrad and my master's from there. I am never going to do anything, especially online, to a bunch of non-Norfolk State people to put my school down. And I think at the end of the day, if we as, as HBCU alumni do that, and then B also understand these are students. These are like young adults. All right. You can say that to somebody my age. I know I don't suck on the trumpet, you know, so I don't have to have the validation of some people that don't even know me. But at the end of the day, we're talking about young people. And we're talking about a bullying generation where people glorify and make jokes about people sexually assaulting students in groups. And we call these group uncut. So we can sit up there and we can do all these things and, you know, online. But at the end of the day, we need to be doing what's in the best interest of students, of young people that look like us, black people. How are we improving the race? How are we improving the experience so that people that look like us can go out and compete? Because at the end of the day, the world don't look like us. Shoot, the United States don't even look like us. You know what I'm saying? So we need to be doing what's in the best interest of our programs and what's in the best interest of these students. And that starts with putting your money where your mouth is. If you want your band to be better, put your money there. And then do things that are in the best interest of the band. Because somebody even said it, and I've said it too. That's the easiest way to get your alumni excommunicated from your band. And, and to me, that is a bigger killer of a band program than, than a band director that you don't like his vision. Because if you don't know where you come from, it's hard to see where you're going. So I think that's the end of that for me. All right. I was going to put another thought in there. Um, I got to remember what my thought was. Cause it went all, Oh, I remember what it was. So, um, so when we're talking about like change and, and helping a lot of you guys were like, if it, it depends on, you know, who's in front, what if the students actually make a bad decision in thinking that because it was the old way, but you have a, a good director in front of you that really can change the program. But then the students are like, well, this ain't what we used to do. So I don't like it. Uh, case in point, um, I think Savannah state went through something like that when they had their, their new director, I think this past year, uh, they were upset because the, the last 
interim director did not become the head band director and they received a new director. And so they were like, well, they not march marching this year. Uh, what's the thoughts, any thoughts on that? I mean, at the end of the day, man, you can't have a band without students. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to say it, you know, like the students, I think students sometimes don't realize the true power that they have. Right. I think students at the end of the day want structure and want vision. They want somebody good at the job. Yeah, you ain't going to always like the decisions. I ain't always like the decisions Doc made. You know, me and Doc used to butt heads all the time. But now me and Doc are the best of friends. I, I talk to Doc all the time. Any career move I make, I call Doc first. You know what I'm saying? After him kicking, like, Quan, I got kicked out the band every week. You can ask Julius. I got kicked out the band every single week. Doc would find something. I used to get kicked out of win ensemble. You know, I'll tell that story in the uh, after party. But I got kicked out of win ensemble, band, pep band. Shoot. Uh, we would have an interest meeting. Doc would kick me out of that. Like, that was my experience. But now he's one of the biggest mentors in my life. And now I can look back on that and say that's because Doc wanted me to move, my, you know, to that next level. You know, so I think that at the end of the day, students are always going to, Students don't always have the vision that a band director should have. You know, as students, they only know what you tell them, especially when it comes to administration, scholarship, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, students want structure and they want something that they can be proud of. You know what I'm saying? And if you're providing that experience, you know, and like I think from what Julian was saying, they didn't even get a guy a chance. You know, that's just a bad decision from them. This guy could have been. You know, Julian White walking in the door and they wouldn't even have known it. Or, you know, Nathan Hamer or whoever, you know, walking in the door and they wouldn't even have known it. So I think at the end of the day, you know, as students, you know, and I'm sitting up here talking like I want one of them. I made a lot of bad decisions when I was in school. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you have to trust that the administration and, and all the people in charge put the right person in front of you, man. Get a person a shot. Oh, Quan, you disagree? What you got, man? Nah, it's 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 not that I, I don't disagree. I'm just trying to empathize with the kid to put my mindset because I know that a lot of kids already deal with abandonment issues. And honestly, from an administrative perspective, you have to be mindful of that switching process. Now, of course, you know, I don't know if the like the 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 tutelage or you know experience or expertise of that interim band director, but I would have questioned as well as a student well why didn't you pick him and and if you couldn't give me enough valid reason because he stuck with us through this situation but let's be honest and i saw this in the comments transitions is hard period you know what i'm saying and when you're talking about those coveted seats let's be real it's certain seats that are covered in the hbcu and i'm not being ugly i'm not even speaking about the president i'm speaking about band directors and coaches and real talk, whoever over Greek life, those seats are low key coveted. So it's kind of like, I just would want to see like, why didn't they select them? Number one. And then two, what was the, what was his, what was the approach of the previous brand director? You know what I'm saying? Like, can you really sit your kids down and say, Hey, this was a great band. This is the vision and goal so that the kids can get the buy-in factor. I think, when the kids buy in, of course, you know, they're a hundred grand. But what was his approach to it for them to be like, nah, we just not rocking with you, period. That's all I want. All I want to share. So my thought on that is 
Like, yeah, for us to be adults and be on the outside looking in, it's easy for us to say, like, yeah, you want to have the buy-in of the students or the students who want to be able to say, well, why didn't you pick this? Because even we experienced it, right? So before y'all got here, we thought that Gordon was going to take over because, I mean, just naturally, like, that's just the progression of things. Of course, he's going to take over. So, but it's like, at that time, at that stage, would we really have understood if you say, okay, here goes the vision, here goes why this person is eligible for this role, this versus this person versus this, this, and that. We're just coming from an emotional standpoint. No, we ride with Prop Gordon because that's my nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he been here, da, da, da. Whereas you, but you want to bring these outsiders in, they don't know nothing, blase, blase. But really and truly, not to say that Gordon could not have done a tremendous job, we will never know because um, he never got the full chance to be able to step into his own vision for the band. But I think that's a logical answer or a logical approach versus an emotional approach. I think if we're talking about being able to give the students buy-in, yeah, of course we want to, we go with comfort and we would like to say like, yeah, I think that this person would be better, but that's really hard to say like, would we truly be able to idealize what is necessary, what will actually take us to the next level while actually being in it. It's easy. Well, let me ask you this, Maya. That's a very interesting uh, look at it. Let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you two questions. When we first got to PV, you personally, what was your your train of thought? Um, Towards us, us, honestly. She probably was like, who did nigga? (laughs) (laughs) So, let's go back, right? So, because before y'all got there, I went through my own transition. So I had two transitions. I had dance director transitions as well as band director transitions. I went through three dance directors, boom, 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 within like what, a year and a half, two years or whatever. And then also with y'all. So it was just kind of like, uh, uh, what's happening? That's really what my thought process was because my direct, or not to say that I have no tie in with the band, but my direct relationship is with the dance director first. Right. And then it, because that's who I'm going to have the, 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 I'm going to have the most closeness with them. Um, so at that point in time, it was just kind of like, what the fuck is happening? Like, okay. The way that it was presented to us was, oh, we're getting a new band director, but he's bringing his wife. And we were like, okay, what does that mean? Oh, she also used to, and this, again, this is how it was portrayed to us. And, but she used to be a dancing doll. She's just going to help y'all. She's she's going to help. I was like, okay. But we had already had our, our, our misunderstanding or misconception of the transition with Miss Danielle. And that brought about its own, you know, its own set of problems. Now with y'all, I was kind of like, I was, I don't think that I was like, no, fuck that, no, hell, no, da, da, da. but I can understand both sides. I was able to see, I can understand why some of the kids, you know, like some of the band people are like, no, nah, we're not really down for that. And on the other side, I was like, well, I mean, it's going to happen regardless. I mean, yeah. like, isn't it a lot too, Maya? I'm going to ask you the second question too, but isn't that a lot of what Justin was talking about a couple of shows ago? Oh, these people went to this school, so I don't know about that, man, because they not yes. from this time. Was a, was it some of it that? Yeah, some of it was, well, some of it was, okay, well, okay, Doc did go to Southern. Um, da, da, da. Like, yes, he went to Norfolk, too, but the way that it was displayed to us, it was Southern, you know what I'm saying? So it was more so heavy on the Southern side. So I was like, okay, well, okay, maybe. Then 
I wasn't aware that all of y'all were coming. Like I didn't, it was just more so like, okay, Doc is coming and then he bringing his folks. And it was mm -hmm. like, okay, well, I don't really know what his folks have, you know, what they have mm -hmm. to offer, but whatever. Um, so that it was it was all of that. But to me, in terms of the like the band director side, it was just like, okay, well shit. I mean, I just I don't I don't know like what I'm just the what y'all came in what, eleven or twelve? Twelve. Okay, well then that's a little bit different, but um, because like I, I wish he was, I wish Walter was in the comments because Walter and I have had the same question. That's why I'm gonna, this conversation I'm going to ask you. The same I wasn't gung ho and I wasn't hell no. I was just like, well, here we are. It's going to happen regardless. And this goes back into what we were talking about last show. It seems like when it comes to the band world. Southern has looked like his Ivy League. You know what I'm saying? It's like people get yeah. instant credibility when they have Southern on their resume. And that's why I was kind of like, oh, well, maybe. Now, my side of it was, was with the whole like dance director thing with Miss Danielle. Um, I was totally like, oh, hell no. Like, I'm not, I no, absolutely yeah. not. So when I did hear that Miss Sean was coming, I was like, okay, well, I'd rather deal with that. And she had that black Ivy League. She went to Southern. Like that. It but also, it was it was also a little bit of personal of how we have to transition with the whole captain situation. Um, we're coming in in the middle of the year. Um, this all of the he say she say all the mess and the pettiness that we also had heard rumors and this that and the third that were floating around. It was a lot. It was just a lot coming from everywhere. And um, just we had no idea that Dr. Shaw was on her way out anyway. So it was like, boom, we at Honda. Actually, this going to be my last performance. Huh? Boom. Your next person right. going to be Miss Danielle. Who? What? Absolutely. <laughs> no. Boom. Never dancing in line. What? Else coming. <laughs> what? What? You know what I'm saying? Like, wait, what the hell is going on? So it was just a lot. So it was so, hard for me to really understand what I felt because everything that every time I got okay with something, something else was happening. And, and Go ahead, Quan. I'm sorry. Nah, like, cause I, I, I understand you and I empathize with your sentiment, uh, Maya, because we literally went from real talk, the highest moment of enjoyment, Rose Bowl with our band director. Cool. So we go through the spring semester. Cool. Like we was hearing some things and certain things was going on with the music department and then boom, he dies. And then mm -hmm. literally, we was we buried him Saturday. They was moving all of his stuff Monday, mm -hmm. and then it was a train. And we was like, and people don't understand. Again, we again look at band directors as our fathers and mentors. And so the truth is, I place Alpha because of Prophet was right. So then all of this transition that happens, then it's like, okay, we got a uh the new interim band director is Prof McQueen. Cool, no no problem. He was there at first, but then it goes to Honda, all right, y'all put out after this. And we like, what we didn't we didn't even we didn't even do nothing. So then the fall comes. I'm sorry, I skip a part. So then the fall comes, you got uh Dr. Thomas, the Nicholas Thomas, he comes there, and the truth is we still grieving, right? And so we looking at it now, well, he come from FAMU. So so this is our replacement, this is our stepdaddy. And honestly, we didn't give him a fair break. Now I was cool with him, and he's one of my mentors now. You know what I'm saying? Just like Doc. But it's like once you go through them transitions like that, sometimes people are insensitive and truly sitting the kids down to be like, hey, this is what we're doing. And this is what we're trying to do to explain the situation, because we are the ambassadors 
that that allows this program and organization to function. Sometimes that's insensitive, but I, I could feel what you're saying. That's a lot to deal with because you don't even know, am I going to get my scholarship next year? Right. Is she going to be mean to us? Like, is she going to go and recruit at specific schools and, favor, you know, have favor with these kids? You know what I'm saying? Are they going to change our whole identity? Like what? Like we about to change drum heads now. Oh, we about to go to like you don't know because you went to that particular school because that band director low key recruited you. It's like a coach and not a coach. The coach gone. So so how is this transition going to happen? So it it, it has its ebbs and flows, man. Well, let me. Add, well, first I thought I thought hey, Prof. Rick, final thoughts, bro. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Well, first of all, I thought Prof. Ayers was was a kappa. I, people kept telling me he was a kappa. I thought he was a kappa, but um. Mike, let me ask you this last question, and then we can get off. The second part of the question was, when did you buy into the vision for the program for the from us? Do you can you identify a moment where you was like, you know what, this is actually all right, or was that did that moment ever come? Because you talked about that that uh, shellacking we took from Jackson in thirteen. Did you ever have a moment where you were like, you know, the band's gonna be all right? Like even when you came back as staff, like did you have a, that moment? It. It went up and down. Now, at Jackson State, when they played something, we played fam, uh, proud family back. I wasn't, I wasn't rolling with y'all in that moment. I was not rolling with y'all in that moment. I was pissed. It was all we had. I, exactly. Thank you, Julie. She up here to add, like, we and had I a song book. Like proud family. Damn. Um, but it had it, it again, it had its ebbs and flows. So, like, I think when I truly, truly, truly got it is when I saw the true, true picture. But I think that I was what what was that? When did Jackson State come to uh, that was the next year? Um, that was 14 when they came to the um baby dome, baby dome, yeah. So, that but that I think that was the epitome of the picture of that time. I mm-hmm. think that's when everything fully was comprehensive and the the idea it was there and it wasn't just an idea anymore. But see that 14 band in particular, that band is going to always hold a special place in my heart. Sure. Because that band had heart, man. Like we were we were a little bit bigger than 13, but you could hear you could hear it. It was coming. Like you could hear the sound of the band had changed. Um, the heart was back in the band. Like a lot of the old heads that were still in the band bought into what we were doing. So when they bought in, everybody else got in line with that. Like that 14, was a show the world band. Yeah. Like that band was special, man. And then that turned into 15 and 16. So I think, yeah, man, like I agree with you, Maya. I would probably say the same because I ain't going to lie to you, Maya. And I'll close with this, Drew. I know we got to go. Julian and I both questioned if we wanted to stay at PV after that Jackson game. As you should have. Not no, sure. it had nothing to do with that. It was because, like, hey, the band had 100 people in it. We aren't going to be Jackson. But to see a group of people just quit like that, like, I, I had never seen that before. And partially because I had never took that type of L before. <laughs> like, we ain't take no type of L's at Norfolk. So but I for think, me, but- but half of that too was because I rem- if you remember Rick in twelve, in twelve we were really working hard to try to build a connection between the staff and the students to where we would all be able to comfortably move forward because we understood that there was a change. 
Right. Like I remember me and you would, would sit sit back and but you know, especially when we did the Dallas tour, me and you were sitting back like, man, like what let's let's talk to the couple of to, to a couple of kids and like let's figure out where their mind is and you know what things can we do to try to connect with them. So I think that was half of the reason too. But go ahead, my bad. No, I'm just and two corrected, it was actually fifteen. So yeah, that band was just special, man. Like it, and that fifteen band could play. So I think that Maya, I think that there was constant progression each year. I think thirteen was a step back from twelve, and that happens. You know, you you go uphill and then it comes down. But then from there we took off. The band got bigger every year. The band got better every year. We actually got more songs in the book, so we ain't had to hit that proud family daddy. Like we, you know, and we also ain't had to hit them rap daddies in the fifth because we don't like them rap daddies in the fifth. But um, yeah, it was tight. You know, we went on from there. So I, I just wanted to get your perspective. I wish I hope Walter jumps on tonight because he and I had some really interesting conversations in that back room about that whole transition, y'all. And I, I think it'd be interesting for let the audience hear those. Well, I mean, again, like I don't have to go to, but when I say it was up and down, I think part of it was because I, I too was up and down, right? So because of so much transition, so much that was going on, it was so much pressure. It was so much just happening, good and bad. It was some of it, I was just like, okay, I'm just detached. Like, this is just too much. There's so much fall by the wayside, too much go with the flow, too much wind shaking this, that, and the third. I'm trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing. I'm trying to figure out, do I want to be a regular college student? I got all this other stuff. You don't really know, like, this person trying to change, uh, this director want to change this, like, this ain't even Foxes anymore. Like, what the hell? Like, just so much at bay it was like okay i was just kind of just all right i'm just going with the flow like i was there was so many times where i just was not even there mentally even when i came back as quote-unquote like student director or whatever but i mean that's a whole nother conversation for another day but but that and and last thing julian that jackson game also made us get better because it made us say this shit ain't never happening again and it never right. But no, I'm just saying, like as a as a director, we got hungrier. We were like, this is never happening again, and and it didn't. You know, PV got like the band got better and better. So and yeah. to to what they are now, they one of the best bands in the country. So it would be. I agree. All right. If you just tuned in, if you just tuned in, welcome everybody to talk that talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Come on, guys, let's get these likes up. As soon as you come in, go ahead and click that like button. Don't hesitate and don't wait. Just go ahead and click the like button. Also, please make sure that you subscribe to the network. Also, check us out on Spotify. This episode will be up on Spotify on tomorrow. So if you are just now coming in and you want to catch the beginning, don't worry about it. It'll be up on Spotify. You can find us at Real Talk That Talk. Also, um, I'm going to put the link in the chat so that you can call in with us and get in on your thoughts about some of these topics. All right. Last topic. Um, you kind of hit on it a little bit and I want to dive a little deeper into this. Um, are student directors beneficial? Are student directors beneficial? 
Um, my, you were a student director and you kind of touched on a little bit of your experience, uh, you know, and you can give us a, a dancer perspective. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of student directors pop up in a lot of programs. So that's the question on the floor. Are student directors beneficial? Uh, Maya, since you kind of kicked it off earlier, just go ahead and continue with your thought. Um, yes and no. Um, I say yes, especially if that is something that one aspires to be or wants to grow to be. Um, definitely it's firsthand experience. I think especially outside of being a section leader or what have you, there's a different perspective. There's a different eye to eye. There's a different type of peer relationship that you have that can be effective. Um, sure that you can have a rapport. You can be personable, uh, when it comes to being on staff and being able to have a relationship with your students or with your program. But I think when it comes from a, an even more direct peer type relationship, it kind of hits a little bit harder. So I think if it's developed and it's from a substantial and from a strong standpoint, then sure. I do also think that there has to be some type of relationship that's already built or instilled, right? So if I've worked with said group before, or, you know, I've trained said group before, they've seen me, seen what I can do, seen what I'm capable of, seen me grow through the trenches, my good and my bad, then they're going to have more trust in the things that I have to say um, versus not. Now, I think that it can be bad in the sense of, on hindsight, I think my experience was bad. Not my experience was bad because I had a sense of detachment. So if someone isn't fully, if their head isn't fully in it, and they're not really like grinding it out, wanting to be a part of any and everything and truly invested, then that can kind of be somewhat bad because because the group is being scapegoated, or not scapegoated, the, the group is being cheated. So they're not really getting all that comes with that potential of being in that particular or having that student director and, and being able to gain that firsthand experience from that. So I do think that that's how it can be bad um, or that's, hindsight that's how that's what I wish I would have done differently um is being a lot more invested and I think that what what would have come past that and maybe some of the things that I say that I wish were different now or not now but you know the way that things have transitioned had I had a bigger stance or had one that had a bigger stance at that time been a little bit more prevalent then those things could have been changed so that's why I say good and bad um but yeah, I think definitely think for the grander scheme of things, it can definitely be a good thing. And especially if we're talking about just, uh, you know, we hint on music majors. If you're not able to get the direct training or the direct um, education, knowledge and expertise that you need, maybe that hands on experience. You're not necessarily a band director, but being able to have a closer intel of what goes on in or what it takes to direct a band, then maybe that helps you, you know, and, and what you necessarily can't get from the books or or what your um, program is being able to provide on the terms of the education basis. So that's how I see it. All right. Quan, are student directors beneficial? Most definitely, um, especially uh, if he has, he or she has that sense of maturity for it. I think that that boils down to, uh, you know, the student that you're selecting. Uh, look at Alcorn. 
I think what they're doing over there with their student directors, honestly, is awesome, uh, in my opinion, that other schools should emulate. And I think uh, if that young man, I believe one of he's a frat, uh, last, I think last name McBride, I uh, think like that. He's uh, doing yeah. great things. Um, that's, that's one of my former students. But yeah. Oh, for real? That's what's up. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's awesome, you know, for, for him to uh, – want to pursue honestly a master's degree and then uh you know eventually get to those ranks i think i think that is awesome to honestly have new young blood in those seats um i do think that uh that we should do it more often and honestly give them those real life experiences uh honestly i wish i would have had it uh, unfortunately i didn't um because it would have it would have it would have given me a wealth of knowledge to prepare me for this seat now um, that I'm in. But bottom line, the things that like Maya said, um, with the right person in those seats, honestly, you, you have a different sense of influence and intel, as well as influence for those particular pieces or, you know, uh, just connection with the band overall. Because real talk, that student director may go to them students in section and be like, hey, the band director is really going through it. This, you know, blah, 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 blah. Let's support them, you know, because kids, they 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 follow leadership with their heart. Like that's just the bottom line. And once you get that buy in factor from them, that's that's nothing that they won't do for you. Like you said, uh, Rick, that 13 band, even though they they quit, but for them to continue uh, going on to 14 and so forth and so on, that's the biggest heart in the world. And honestly, I'm pretty sure everybody was upset after that L that was, you know, given, but because they love y'all intrinsically, they was like, I'm a ride, I'm a ride with them. And so imagine if those students would have quit in 13, we wouldn't possibly have the prayer view that we have now. So. Rick, our student directors, beneficial. So I'm gonna say yes and no, right? I'm going to say no from the standpoint of if the student's not being taught anything while they're in the position. Because, you know, I don't know the young man you're speaking of from Alcorn, but I hope he has a mentor teacher that's teaching him in the process of him doing what he's doing. Because there are concepts of arranging and band directing that can only be taught by a master teacher that has done them. And what happens, y'all, and I... I don't know why this is so difficult. I've, I've seen a lot of pushback from this in the community. The fact of the matter is, yes, you can arrange however you want. You can do whatever you want, right? You can write. You want to if you want to write baritones in the mellophone range. Cool, man. Do that. That's your that's your prerogative. But the fact of the matter is, is that there's a generation coming behind you. Anybody that knows me, you've seen that from this show. My whole life, I. I live from the motto, each one, teach one. It's what I do is not for me. It's for the generation of black people that's coming from behind, you know, behind me. You know, I want to give back to younger brothers and sisters that want to do this. But I want to give that back into them to a way where they can actually go to a music conference and have an educated conversation about any facet of music. Because what happens, what happens more often than not, we, you, you don't. You know, what in the world, man? Julian, is that your phony microphone again? Because you're the only one with a mic on. 
Turn your mic off, bitch. But uh, anyway, <laughs> actually, my mic is on mute. So nice try. Mess. Your mic ain't on mute. <laughs> but the screen ain't on mute. My mic is on mute. Nice try. But um, at the end of the day, we don't have to like the fact that people have opinions about what we do, but they get to have an opinion just like you get to have an opinion. And the fact that the matter is, if you're not educated in what you're doing, even if you may be considered good at it, then it, it affects not only you, but the people that come behind you. So all I'll say is, man, at the end of the day, it can be negative if the students aren't being taught anything while in those positions. If they're literally, and we see this a lot, universities don't want to hire another band director because they don't want to pay him. So we pimp a student by giving them a band scholarship into doing those roles. That's not a student's responsibility. So if that's the case, then to me, no, it's not beneficial. Lawrence, what's up, team? I, I, but um, the other hand of that is um, it can be very beneficial if, you know, most student directors are music education majors, right? So even with how we do student uh, and graduate assistants at my school, they are put in front of every ensemble we have. So they get the experience of being a band director before they even get in their own job. And when I do it, Quan, I don't, I don't uh, interfere at all. I'll give information if I hear something that's wrong and they're not catching it. But I want to teach my student teachers how to teach, you know, and my student leaders how to teach. Because at the end of the day, that's what they're there to get. So I think that from that standpoint, it gives an invaluable experience to future music educators. But with everything that we've said on this show, it all boils around the visionary that's leading the band. If you have a bad band director that has student leaders, those students aren't getting anything. You know, these student leaders should be going to conferences. As band director, if we're not telling our student teachers to go to whatever our state's music education association conference is, you're doing that student a disservice. You just are. If you're not exposing them to all facets of music education, wind ensemble, marching band, uh, brass ensemble, woodwind ensemble, uh, chamber music, all these things that go into what we do, jazz band, then you're not doing You're doing these people a disservice. So I think at the end of the day, man, it can be beneficial if a student is partnered with a, a good lead teacher that has helped help them. All right, word. Uh, Quan, any final thoughts? While well, Maya fixes her baby hair? No. Nah, I just, damn, not like what I said, Rick. Rick. Uh, no, just bottom line. I think we're reaching the minimum. I agree. I agree. All right. We got uh, a couple of folks in the waiting room, so let's go ahead and bring them in. Uh, I went ahead and put the link inside of the chat. If you want to get in with us, the link is inside the chat. So, guys, let's go ahead and welcome Chuck to the room. Hey, yo. What's going on, guys? Chuck, what's up, homie? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? All right. Um, it was crazy. I was sitting in the waiting room and Rick said like exactly everything that I was uh, just about to say when it comes to student directors. I was like, oh man, this is exactly what I was going to talk about. But seriously, though, you shut up. Shut up, Rick. Nah, <laughs> nah, it's all good. But seriously, though, like it, it all depends. Like we, we say student director. 
student first. They're there in the capacity to learn, but they have to learn, you know, from somebody that's willing to help them get better. I fortunately had an example. I had an experience um, of being a student director at two HBCUs at Fayetteville State University and North Carolina A&T. Two totally different experiences, but it helped me become the director that I am today. Sometime I remember being on the podium and, and Rick, you just mentioned it in multiple ensembles. It wasn't just with the marching band. It was with that concert band. It was maybe with the jazz director and learning how to, you know, go through the, you know, the blues scales and different things like that with the ensemble and, 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 and set things up. And so two different experiences. I mean, I can remember being on the podium and being called into the office and having to go through my core progressions and, and asking, hey, what did you do that could have been a little bit better? I've also been in that position where I pass out an arrangement and being young and dumb and not listening, voicing being all over the place. My director let me pass it out and let me look real stupid and then said, OK, are you ready to listen? you know, and sit down and show me those things on how to not only, you know what I'm saying, develop the type of sound that they were looking for, but also my voice as well too, um, and, and what I can do well. And so, you know, I think student directors are vital. It's student leadership, we need it, you know, for our programs to grow and to thrive in all sections and in all areas. But it's very important that, you know, that director is teaching them in multiple facets, you know, and, and not just, um, you know, not just waving your hands, you know, up there or teaching rhythms or, or, you know, teaching them how to score study. Like Rick had his scores out there at the beginning of the show, like how to go through that process. There, there are books that are published, you know, that teach you how to study scores, but it's a process that you have to go in, you know, personally in terms of how to develop. And so student leadership is <clears throat> very, very important, especially to those music majors. Now, you may have some that are non-music majors and they're really talented and that's cool, you know, but they have to be willing to go through the process as well, too, you know, in terms of the expectation of the director. Uh, I'm a high school director just outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and I got, an I got a student arranger, but he knows he puts some music together. We sit down, we go through it. Um, I tell him some pros, some cons. And then when we put it on the podium, he's going through it. And I'm right there while he's going through it and encouraging him and helping him out. You know, we talk before we talk after because I know he's about to be a future band director. He's a senior, you know, and I want to make sure that he's prepared. And so, uh, again, I think it can be good. But then I don't know. Sometimes I, I don't I, I see some of these individuals, like, again, it was a process at A&T and Fayetteville State to get up there. You know, some of us had to go through conducting, at least one conducting class, go through certain education classes. Like, we had to ask those questions and strive for that knowledge. We weren't just given an opportunity to get on that podium. I waited for years for an opportunity to uh, run band rehearsal at A&T, and I had to be ready. And I remember Doc Ruff, the current director that was there, you were talking about transition. I was in that transition between Doc Hodge and Doc Ruff. And Doc Ruff's like, are you ready? It was a day that we were supposed to have rehearsal outside. It was monsooning. Half the staff just hadn't, had, weren't there, you know, at that day. And he was like, hey, are you ready? And I went off and print up, printed off my arrangements. And I had a 230-piece band for two hours. 
you know, and I learned so much, you know, some good things and some bad things. So again, I think student directors are, are very beneficial in student leadership, especially with dance and auxiliary as well too, because those are the ones that are going out and starting studios and starting their own dance companies and things like that. And if they don't have that, what we call internship, because that's what it is. Rehearsal is an internship for music majors and individuals that want to continue this. If they don't have that, then, you know, sometimes they're just going to kind of be out there and, and, and untrained. Man, word, word. Man, you, you hit the nail on the head, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, any other final thoughts you got before uh, you check out, bro? No, I just want to say, man, y'all keep it up, man. You know, definitely, I know y'all see me in the comments or whatever. Oh, I, definitely, I, definitely, I definitely put it on, man, because I look forward to it, man. It's it's, it's inspirational and it's, it's good conversation all the way around. You know, uh, definitely. Um, I, I'm hoping y'all can, you know, maybe talk a topic about the hiring process, because some of you guys have been, you know, through that process to get into the collegiate ranks and how that works. And, 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 and now, I think more now than ever, we're seeing – it kind of turned into like athletics. Sometimes you're just hiring people based off of name and notoriety versus experience and versus the work that they've put in there, you know, and, and some people can associate that with hate, but it's just what it is, you know? And so hopefully that can be a topic coming up in the future, just kind of that process, you know, for young directors and even experienced directors like myself that maybe one day want to get, you know, into that realm, like, what are some of the things that you guys went into to get to that position? Those are you guys that have been in it before. Okay. Man, we'll take that into consideration, bro. I appreciate All right. you, man. You know, we, we appreciate you and thank for your support, man. Oh, no problem. 06 of the bros. 06, baby. All right. Get off the show, Chuck. <laughs> Always hating. Always hating. Uh, I see Justin down there. Justin, where you at, bro? There we go. All right, let's bring and Lawrence. Get on the, let's get Lawrence on the show. Lawrence, where you at, Doc? Oh, it's my man Justin. What's up, bro? Right, we don't need good, no, Doc. nobody named Lawrence. We good. Justin, we got a different scenery today. You ain't in the dining room today. You in the room today, huh? Like myself. Well, I'm good. Over this past, I had to actually myself go with nephews over here, so I ain't gonna get into them now. I'm talking about, but uh, yeah, man, this is a good, great show. I wanted to touch on a few things. Uh, one, since we own that student arranger thing, uh, Rick, question: Have you ever seen the the um, the uh, the, stu uh, the student arranger battle we we host on my on my channel? No, I have. I know Zach participated one year, but I I think that's the only one I saw. But no, I, just to be honest, bro, no, I haven't really done it a lot. Seen a lot. Okay, that that was brought to me by some student arrangers that like you know i was in the band but i don't know how to read trombone you put anything in front of my face i'm gonna be lost as hell but that's a new thing now like kids are becoming arrangers i would i would have said that was lame when i was growing up and i was in the band like y'all niggas want to arrange so i was like what the hell but you thinking about how crazy that is now i was on a, um, on live on my instagram with mr everson from Allcoin a couple nights ago because my phone was blowing up the golden girl another golden girl video hit a million views you know what i'm saying and he was just, and just telling me, like, student arrangers, all kind is like, they are the most watched, this Golden Girls, and all kind, the most viewed band on YouTube, period. It, it's not even a question. Like, it's them, 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 Southern, them, Southern, everybody else, numbers-wise. The system they got going on over there is crazy. It's like the students get to 
gets a gets to like be the director in fifth quarters against Southern. Rick, imagine if you had the opportunity as a student. Like that's that's big. You know what I'm saying? So I do agree with you saying, you know, that as long as they get like the, the proper experience, which I like uh critique every little thing they do from arrangement to the passes to the band, the whole nine. So yes, I agree. And yes, I think that student directors are needed and more of them need to stop popping out or school should start letting it happen. Another thing I want to touch on um was when y'all was talking about hey, hold on, let uh, me let me let me let me respond to that real quick, Justin, because you you brought up a very good point, bro. I did not have that opportunity in in college. You know why? Why because not? Paul Adams was not having it. Ooh. If you did not have, I had one of the goats as the arranger of my band. All right. If you didn't have the everything in line as far as the fundamentals, your music was not getting played by the Spartan Legion. And see, I think that's what's missing from band today, Justin. Me personally, I had to be in the band for five years before I actually got a, a piece on the stand. I was like, I I didn't arrange, I didn't start arranging Justin until I got in graduate school, and even then, Mister Ad, well, I was arranging before that. I just wasn't putting my stuff in front of the Legion, but even then, Mister Adams combed through my music with a fine tooth comb to make sure everything was structurally correct, and um and and was right. It sounded good. The most valuable thing I got out of that, Justin, is that this is an art. And that's the part that gets lost sometimes. This is an art that Mr. Adams took 40 years to perfect before he was the Mr. Adams, you know, that everybody knows now. And I think so often than not, man, people take away from the fact that this is art that we're creating. And if it's just like studying, you know, Picasso or anybody else, there must be a strong, firm foundation there so that we're teaching these students this as we move forward. I know at PV, we didn't have the resources or the classes that were in place to teach student arrangement. So a lot of what was happening, I know for me, like Khalil would come to my office all the time and I would show him chords and we would talk about all that stuff, you know, together, you know, and Zach would do the same thing. And I know Zach used to get frustrated because we would do that same thing to him. Zach, you're, you're a great arranger, but you need to look at this and that. So I think that, that our young people need to realize that you're, you're, you're doing art right now when you make this music. And it needs to be looked at and respected as such. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't know that young man from, from uh, Alcorn. I'm sure he killed it because all y'all Yeah. Oh, it's too you wouldn't, think, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think that that goes to pushing the culture forward too? What? That kids are even interested in, in wanting to be arrangers? No, I actually quite contrary. I think it's definitely pushing, pushing the culture forward. But in pushing the culture forward, there's nothing wrong with pushing the culture forward with strong, firm foundation and pedagogy. And I and 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 actually, Chuck just said it in the comments, which is exactly what I was about to say. A lot of people just want to be able to get in front of the band and say, "Oh, I wrote this, and I'm the guy who did X, Y, and Z." And it's more about the name and not about exactly what Rick said, which is the art. I can write it on a computer and it sounds great on a computer. And then when the band plays it, it's loud as hell. And now I'm that guy in front of the band. You know, my I was on YouTube. Yay, look at me. You know what I'm saying? And and the art is lost. So I think that's that's also a, a contributing factor. And like even like like in 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 16, Chuck, we played this um we played this arrangement called All Day by um Kanye West. And um it was a student arrangement. 
And it was, and it was fine, but we had to like do some tweaks and fine tuning to it. We had to change some form on it, and it became a great arrangement. Came one of the best songs we played that year. We have played student arrangements, but the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, for any student arrangement, especially when a band has an identity, it has to be also in the identity of that band. And band director made a decision. I, I, you know, I mean, it is what it is, man. As a student, I hope everybody has that, that opportunity. I know I did not, you know, because I wasn't ready to have that opportunity. And I think some students need to realize that you aren't ready. Like Julian said, even though it sounds good on the computer, that doesn't mean it's great. We got a lot of internet and uh, we got a lot of computer composers. That don't I think I'm listening. I'm listening from the standpoint of like y'all say computer composers, and I can't say you, Rick, you or like none of y'all, because y'all been in front bands for a long time. You know what I'm saying? But it'd be a lot of those people who make comments like not uh, like that. Like, do they do concert season? They be hating low key. You know what I'm saying? Because they never had these opportunities to be in front of these such prestige bands. So you gotta watch the fine line. Not catch it all the time. I don't say nothing, but like. I'm not going to hit on a student who's in front of any band, especially a swag man. You know what I'm saying? Also, I could, I could take somebody like Rick, like, dang, Rick, do we talking stuff shit? Rick, I think you should be more of a mentor or reach your mentor's capabilities out to some more of these students because I'm like, damn, if his band already had to approve him to be in front of the band, you know what I'm saying? And and he had to be able to teach the music some kind of way to get the, the, the students to play it because you know how you've been a student before. If it's trash, what the band going to do? They're going to ball it up, you know what I'm saying? But if it's hot, and sometimes these student arranged songs be better than what the what the, what the band already passing out, you know what I'm saying? And I know at all points, give you the Golden Girl captain, they let her pick what songs that, that, that the Golden Girls want to dance to. Now, that is a whole nother ball game because uh, we, we talk about, like, in the dance room now, some dancers, some dance squads, they battling just like the band's battling. So if one dance team, band playing, all slow music and some bull crap, it's gonna look like they're losing to a band who bringing that smoke. You know what I'm saying? So getting students involved, that's who run the band. Look, students run the band. So but, but Justin, but rep- respond to this, bro, because you are absolutely swag, right? You love swag bands. You I, come I, I like everything. I can see it from every standpoint. So ask me this question, bro. I made this statement a couple weeks ago, and it, it didn't really get the recognition I thought it would, but I want to make it again. Julian White, I mean, not Julian White, sorry. Lindsay Sargent is one of the goats of arranging, right? Ju- Lindsay Sargent wrote that Leave the Door Open, that fam you played. I saw so many people, Justin, say, oh, that arrangement sucks. That arrangement, poof. It's, it's this and that. He's one of the goats of what we do. And I made the statement that people like Lindsey Sargent and Paul Adams will be called Ted that that stuff sucks in this day and age because people don't have no idea what they're listening to. When they listen to a chord that's voiced perfectly and the resonance is there, but because it doesn't have a baritone playing up here in the pyramid, it's, it's all of a sudden it sucks. Or a mellophone screaming above everybody, it sucks. And this is Lindsey Sargent, one of the goats. Like, I put him on the Mount Rushmore. Paul Adams, Lindsey Sargent, um, I mean, who else with those? Oh, um, uh, I could put Nathan Hamer up there. He's good, you know. Like there's some people up there. Night, night, yeah, night, definitely. Cornell Knighton. Like those guys. Those are the goats. Those are the goats of our activity. You know what I'm saying? Like 
And people will look at those people today because they didn't do what is accepted now. Mm-hmm. And they would say that those people suck. And I know they would because they've done it. So how you feel about that, bro? Um, I feel as though, I, like I said, I see both sides of it. One, I can say, y'all only said they're the goats because they was doing that back in them days. The stuff that a lot of stuff that they played, now, I, I don't want to downplay it, but one can say that us playing that music now is like, eh, you know what I'm saying? This that's all y'all was playing now because you'll be a fool to not admit that the stuff that y'all that we play nowadays is way harder than the stuff that y'all play. Y'all play more stuff uh, with substance and context and real music, but you you done wrote some of these damn rap songs and some of this stuff that we doing is just like it's just more content. You know what I'm saying? Back then, y'all, how many how many songs they had they had in the books back then? Before referee. Wait. Oh, let me can can I interject just just one quick second. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm still saying one can say. I'm not saying it's my my opinion. It's kind of like you like the you like the uh 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 uh
Hold on, can I can I can I say this? Hold on, because I think you they taking what you said and ran with it. That needs to be added. Sorry, you just named it. Those puts on some of these rap daddies are like that. I don't care what you're talking about. You know what? Know what else? I'm talking about for him saying you got to add those. Because for you to say, um, what song you say? Well, get away. Uh, get away. Yeah, I played Get Away High School. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying on. It's hard. Beyond. If you played that, I play Beyond. You understand what I'm saying? Beyond like that. And I don't care. Nothing, y'all love it. You know what I'm saying? We have a bunch of them. Not, I'm not I'm not saying that's going to come down to preference. You play Beyond. And I, I, I mean, you play Get Away. I play Beyond. Both of them got their smoke. But you understand what I'm saying? Just the time frame. Another thing I want to bring up, I feel like adults in the world, Ricky, you know how they get on you because they say we don't, um, we, we, we be, you be wanting us to do the white people stuff, you, the piece to what they do. Why don't we praise and study more of the people that charge his name? Because like, why, why don't we as a, a black? That's we, my we, point. I don't know. You are literally, you are literally making my point right now. Justin. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, Justin, do me a favor. Click that uh, cam button at the bottom that says cam slash mic. And make sure, and then click audio. And make sure your uh, echo cancellation is on. Yeah, it's under camp now. Yeah. Okay. But, Justin, you literally, bro, just articulated my point exactly. That's all I've been saying. I'm not, I'm not. I don't know why anything of quality. That's. I think that's one of the biggest issues, Justin, that I have with a lot of these detractors of mine is that they equate anything that is of quality with white folk. It's a lot of black folk doing this music at a high level. I ain't never came in here and said I wanted a band to sound like the University of Michigan. I have never said that, but it comes off that way to these people, Justin, because they don't know what the hell I'm talking about. They don't know who Lindsey Sargent is. They know who Cornell Knight is because he was the arranger at, their, at some of their favorite schools. And now that, he went to South Carolina State. Now knowing that he went to South Carolina State, State and did the exact same thing there and made their band just as good as what was happening. So you're, you have just articulated my point exactly, brother. But I will, let me say one more thing to what you said. One of the greatest arrangements I've ever heard in black college bands, as far as conceptual, like what's on the paper, is Fam Ryu's arrangement of people. All right, we, we even read it at PV one time. People is like one of Fam Ryu's warm ups. It's not even a song that they play, it's a warm up. It is beautiful. Who wrote that version? Uh, it's a white, it was the white man that was teaching arrangement at Fam at the time. He wrote, he wrote that arrangement for the band. It is beautiful. It's got everything in it that you would want in an arrangement. Chords, um, countermelon, everything. And then I think about songs like Gavorkna Fanfare. Like these are to me just the, the like the songs that people today, like you said, I think you're right, Justin. I do think you're right. I think that the ear has changed today because there aren't people like Mike. Mr. Adams is older, man. Mr. Adams in his 70s, 80s. Mr. Adams is not about to be out here traveling the country trying to get people to think the way he does, you know what I'm saying? And, and rightfully so. He's but at the end of the day, that's why I always preach about knowing who our, what our history is and who our goats are and giving them their flowers while they're here so they can pass that knowledge on to people like me and to people like you and Quan and everybody else so we can in turn pass that information on 
to the next generation. I think there's an assault right now, Justin, on knowledge. I'm looking at the point. Oh, listen, you, music repeats itself, bro. Like, and, and, I mean, because I, I love my position all the time because I'm not super young, but I'm not old, old either. Like, people always talk about, like, old music and they'll say something like, like Johnny Taylor. I'm more of a Jackie Wilson fan. You know what I'm saying? I love all his music. Like, from all of that, like, my, my grandma, my mama is 60. You know what I'm saying? So you understand what I grew up in the house watching. I was listening to it. So, bro, I get it. You know what I'm saying? It's just, we got to find a medium. And if we don't find it, I'm sorry, all the generation, all will happen, you're going to lose. If you don't find a medium to reach these kids, you know what I'm saying, or to reach the younger generation, you will lose. You're going to find yourself in a high school band director, a band director trying to uh, force all these narratives. I mean, not forcing narratives, trying to teach an old style to a young student is not going to work. So the only thing you're going to get to work is giving them what they want. And what they want is not substance. What they want is not kill. What they want is not... They just want the boom, boom, the, the, the loud and the rap bread. Are you making an argument right now that we shouldn't teach? No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm, I say find a medium. Say this one exactly. thing. Listen, listen. Hello, Justin. I got you. Let me, let me, let me say this one thing. I don't even think it's a situation like myself or Rick or anybody who thinks like this thinks like us where we don't want to meet. I think it's a, it's gotten to it's I think it's a really a young man's thing right now where it's a young people thing where they don't even they ain't even trying to hear that shit. If it's not exactly aligned with what they want to do and how they feel, they ain't trying to hear that. Like if 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 I go to a younger guy and I have this conversation, the first thing that they'll say, well, hey, man, I mean, that's cool, but man, that shit ain't blowing. So, I mean, like, what do I need to hear that shit for? Like, it, they're not even trying to have that conversation. And that that is the problem, because if I if I take myself back to when I was an undergrad, I started arranging when I was in high school. The first person who helped me start arranging was Rennie Hughes when he was a student director at Willow Ridge. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then when I got to Norfolk, I didn't I I knew that we had one of the goats on staff. So I didn't mind actually listening to him. And I'm going to be honest, you know, he wasn't writing a whole bunch of rap daddies. He wasn't. You know what I'm saying? But he had knowledge that I knew that I wanted and needed to acquire. So and at the, the one end, that he wrote was terrible. This is the way we ball. Not yeah. good. That, that one rap daddy that he did right was not good. But I knew that he had knowledge that I needed to acquire, period, point blank. You know what I'm saying? I have a question for you. You said, something earlier, you said something earlier that caught my attention. You said Drew's your student, correct? Yeah, he's my former student. Okay, now I'm, I'm going to bring that back and bring it home because something that we said last uh, last show. Remember how I was talking about how I was like when a director leaves Southern, he goes to another college and he makes them uh, better Southern still get that plug? I'm sorry, my guy. All, this, all the success that Drew is having and is about to have, that's your – you you started it. You know what I'm saying? So you see how you – we're going to – who his high school director was? But see, here's – At the and same time, we can't just say Drew – Go ahead. I mean, go ahead. I'll let you finish. You can't, you can't say Drew is just one of the, of the... I'm sure you can have that conversation with somebody like Drew. And Drew can go back and... Because he's now about to become a young guy. He's, he's starting a high school band now. He can go back and relay that message. Drew can be the median. You know what I'm saying? To get the message that but, y'all trying to, trying to push into the younger generation. Here's the thing. I don't disagree with you, Justin. But I'm going to tell you something about Drew. Drew... Drew's a good kid, always been a good kid. Uh, you know, I, matter of fact, congratulations to him when he did graduate, uh, seeing that he did graduate, you know what I'm saying? I'm following, I've been following his career. 
Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I remember about Drew is if you see Drew now, Drew is the same kid that it, the way he is now, the way he was in high school. And I remember when Drew came in as a freshman and he was playing tuba the same way he, he's been playing tuba, the way no, everybody knows him to play tuba. And I would say, Drew, I need for you to round that sound out more. I need for you to actually play with a, a, a characteristic sound because right now you just sound like a duck. And he was like, man, Mr. Luke, man, but man, Mr. Luke, man, man, Mr. Luke. And he would argue with me all the time. You know what I'm saying? And then when when I saw him, you know, uh, uh, yeah, when he got to college, you know, he was still busting his lip and doing the same things that I would tell him to stop doing. So I'm not saying that, you know, he wouldn't listen. But what I am saying is he's a part of that. He's a part of the culture in which I'm saying those kids, they may hear us, but they ain't going to listen to what we're saying because it doesn't align with what they want to do. That's just that's just unfortunately what the young populace of, of young kids are now. They think that they got all the shit together. Why? And this is not a Drew comment. This is an everybody. I feel, yeah, I'm in for you. Um, they think they got their shit together because why? They getting YouTube clicks and the band is cranking and everybody who guys who ain't even been in band, not even one second is giving them a lot of praise. So it mm-hmm. makes them feel like they got it together and they don't have to come back to people like myself or like Rick or like Quan, who has a, a, a wealth of knowledge. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think Rick or myself or Quan or anybody else, Chuck or anybody else who thinks like us are not willing to have these conversations. I think it's a two way street. I li- it's the way Quan always says you have to have a willing vessel. And if that vessel is not willing to do so, then it becomes it becomes a mute point. Dang, I'm I think I think at the end of the day, I think yeah. at the end of the day is this, Justin. I'm gonna I'm just be real. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm close it with this, bro. Look, at the end of the day, we have expertise in this. We went to school for years to do this. We we studied hard. We have advanced degrees in music. We know what we're talking about. It's not gonna always fit what the culture wants it to be, but that doesn't make it wrong. And I think so often than not, people want to prove us wrong rather than prove that what we're saying actually works or doesn't. I can stand in front of any band if they, like Julian said, are willing to take the information and I can teach a band to play into it. I can teach a band to play cleanly. I can teach a band to come in together and stop together. I can teach that to any band in the world if they are willing to do that. I want I want to ask anybody that's been in a band that I've been in front of. I also want my band to play with it power and excitement. I'd be the main one up there going in and stuff because that's important to me. But look at his I'm video. Work at fundamentals first at PV. First thing we would do when we pass the arrangement out and the band would hate it. And Zach, you in the comments, tell me if I'm lying. I would make the band play a mezzo piano. Mezzo Every piano. single time. Every time. Uh-huh. Don't play anything. Yep. Because what happens is it's easy to mask uh, mistakes when you play everything at fortissimo, especially from the very beginning. So what I would do, man, is mezzo piano is the loudest we're gonna play. I don't want you to do the shaping I wrote in the music. I don't want you to do any of it. Let's just learn how to play the music with vertical alignment. That's a word that a lot of people don't even use in our band rooms. Vertical alignment means everything is in its right place at the right time with clear articulation. So that's the first thing I would do, man, on a new arrangement. Then what I would do is I would go back and I would play. And the first time would usually be a little slow. Then I would increase the tempo, still playing soft. 
there is expertise here, man, with what makes a band sound good. Once again, I don't want every band to sound good, but our young people have to understand that we know what we're doing. Yes, we. this is a generation, Justin, that every single member of this generation think they're going to be a millionaire. Like, they just do, bro. They just think that every last one of them is going to be LeBron James. That ain't the case. Never mind the fact that LeBron James spent hours on the basketball court honing his skills to become LeBron James. We want to skill from, all right, I learned how to play trumpet. Now it's time to make these millions. And that ain't real. Bro. So all I want our young people to know is we aren't against you. We want you to be great. But we want you to be great by putting in the necessary work to be great. Well, let me say, so, 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 my, my, my whole point is this, as I've, I've been teaching for a minute, I do have an advanced degree. Let me say this, let me be clear. I asked Rick, me and Rick, Rick gave me a lesson last Wednesday for an hour on the range and stuff. Like, you should never be to the point where you'd be like, I got the shit. And I think we have misconstrued hating from critiquing. And I think like this bottom line, because it's a different with corrective criticism when I'm saying, say, bro, this voice may be out. And like me personally, I'm not the best arranger. I'm not going to even go to Zachary like right now and be like, say, fam, this should be fixed. But even though I may know it, because real talk, Zachary could possibly out arrange me at this point. But you should. And just because I have an advanced degree don't mean I arrive. But you have to be to the point where it's like I'm hungry for the shit. Like, and I think that's the difference. You have some some arrangers and some like, when you looking at it on like the finale and then you pass it to the kid and that shit doesn't sound right because it was off of a computer. The computer gonna play in tune. You see what I'm saying? But it's like, it's a difference when when, you, when you're building a band from scratch and you gotta make a real talk, uh, an arrangement that's gonna have these kids excited at the same time have them sound good to build their confidence for where you want them to go. And that's just the bottom line. I don't think we're hating, bro. It's like, we see some things that's like, bro, we went in the debt, you know, trying to ensure that we're a master at the craft. And I think that's all it is, bro. And then, and Quan, just to add on to that, in 2000, in 2002, uh, at Norfolk State, I was first chair, one ensemble, jazz band, brass quintet, every ensemble I set first chair, every last one. I thought I was hot shit. Mr. Um, Dr. Carlson retired, or he went to another school, and Dr. Zachary came to Norfolk State. A lot of people don't know. In addition to us being colleagues, Dr. Zachary was my teacher. He was my trumpet professor. Yep. He taught me all the things I know about playing the trumpet at a high level, came from studying with him dr zachary and, and before you before you even keep going let's keep it real when it comes to arrangements when we at pv he checked a couple of our shit too yeah he looked at a couple of our shit and was like mm -mm, no fix this shit right like there is nothing matter with having mentors and i don't i, I think they think you go instantly from student to peer it doesn't work that way when i have one ensemble questions i call alfred watkins when I was an undergrad, I thought I was hot shit, and Dr. Zachary came in playing circles around me. That was my my thing to say, okay, I need to shut the hell up and listen, because that man has something to teach me. When I became a band director and decided to go back to Norfolk State and get my master's, guess who my teacher was? The guy that had just whipped my ass an undergrad. He made me a better person then. So all I'm saying is this. 
There's nothing wrong with mentorship as people. I took a class, bro, in arranging two years ago. And I've been arranging, Justin, since 2009. And I I took a class two years ago, so I want to get better. So at the end of the day, young people, we ain't trying to stifle your vision. We ain't trying to stifle your growth. We're trying to help you by giving you um, the holes in your arranging skills or what or teaching skills that may be there. I think that's the part of being a good teacher and being able to identify. Like for me, Justin, when I teach teachers, I don't teach them how to get up there and do this. Anybody can get up there and do this. My main thing with teachers, Justin, is I will go up to them in the midst of them teaching and I'll just ask them a simple question. What'd you hear? Because the biggest part of being a good teacher is not the conductor, it's the ears. It's being able to hear the problems, identify where they are, and then come up with the strategies of how to fix them. So back when I told you I would make them play mezzo forte, it's a lot easier to hear uh, euphonium players ruin back then uh, at mezzo forte than it is at fortissimo. And then I can say, hey, euphoniums, which I did all the time. Hey, use the tongue, please. Actually put a front on the note. Let's start together. Let's breathe together. Initiation. Like that's what I that's what I like to teach teachers. So all I'm saying, bro, is that you have to start somewhere, which a lot of our greater rangers have. But then you actually have to have you have to be teachable so where people can help you grow into Nathan Hamer, into Brian Simmons, into Cornell Knight, into Paul Adams, into Lindsay Sargent, into all these goats of the activity that we hold on that Mount Mount Rushmore. You know what I'm saying? Let me say that I know we run out of time, but listen. Let me tell you how, where, I, where I see it at, and and I hope I, hope I put this in perspective for y'all. Oh, any of y'all watch Game of Thrones? Okay, well, anyway, that's going to be a bad example. Just like, bro, like I said before, the band culture is dying, right? So it's like a lot of people don't see it, but I see it on all levels, from middle school to high school, to everywhere I travel, run around, I see it dying. Dance culture is going to be here forever. It's like I try so hard, like to to make band cool, you know what I'm saying? And I understand that, like even sometimes when I make band cool, like I I, I pop up in some few band rooms and talk to their band, and sometimes should I call out the songs because I know my energy is gonna feed off on them. Like, oh yeah, smash down the band room, it's gonna be lit, yada yada yada. And then I use my, my voice to be like, all right, man, hey, make sure y'all know y'all scales, make sure y'all know the fundamentals. We got to play this much, you know what I'm saying, before we get to the, to, the, to the grip. But at the same time, I know to keep these kids interested and to keep, keep the culture going forward, we got to play this little shit, you know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is, like, I see how what y'all say may bore a generation that don't want to listen, you know what I'm saying? And I also see how... One can take sometimes what I do. I know I'm a song band advocate. I want the lit. I want the when when the band that is loudest. That's why I put my little logo because I understand this is the this is what's giving me hype. But I understand that that's not what it's all about. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I said we gotta find the perfect medium medium to 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 to, to grasp what they're saying because these kids is in college right now are gonna become the band directors. And if they're not getting these lessons that y'all are teaching them, which y'all stretching from their colleges. What's gonna happen? We're just gonna get a, a whole new generation of just cranking, you know what I'm saying? Or just not following the rules, you know what I'm saying? So it's hard, bro. It's hard, it's hard listening to the stuff that y'all be saying and people like y'all and what directors be saying. And it's hard for me to see seeing 
where the culture is going. It's, it's just hard trying to figure out, damn, how can I put that in place to make it to make them know that this is where it's at without losing them? I don't play this concert shit. And I and I bad. And, um, we had to play concert band in order to get our Letterman jacket, you know, in order to go to the India Jamboree. You see how you put something that they like in in, in their face or like, you know, put them, hold them hostage, you know what I'm saying? If you got to do that, small strategies like that work, you know what I'm saying? And another thing I want to say, um, concert band. Uh, let that be final. Uh, this will be okay, final. Okay, okay. Concert band. I know all bands need to play concert band, but can we start, can we start trying, um, Trying different methods, like I know I'm from New Orleans, and I feel like the jazz band is dying. Can we start it, 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 something something else besides concert band, like jazz band or shit, turning your band into a choir, teaching them actually how to sing, do re mi fa sol la tito. You know what I'm saying? We can do multiple things, but when you throw this one thing like concert band in there, you know what I'm saying? You kind of bored. Just I just feel like we need to do other forms of music, man. It's like it's stressful. I'm trying to say someone's got new guys, someone so much time, but I see it, Rick. And I see it from the other side. It's like, damn, this side fighting with this side. This side just think, and now my dad, they just think they know everything. No, they don't think they know everything. They know exactly what we need to be be taught, taught but they don't want to backlip from somebody who's going through it. So it's, I'm seeing everything, Rick. No, you, I, I don't disagree with you, bro. I think you have a lot of valid points. But I think at the end of the day, man, I agree. a lot of it comes from a position of ignorance because people don't want to know. There's a lot of win ensemble literature out there, bro, that doesn't get explored because band directors don't do their job and getting in the community and finding it. the concert. Let me show you something, bro. The concert that I'm doing for our first concert cycle. So we do four concerts a year. Most schools do one. All right. We do four concerts a year. So this concert cycle, I'm going back, back into some of the older repertoire because I've been looking at a lot of jazz inspired stuff last semester. So um, for the UConn Win Ensemble, a couple of the pieces that we're playing, we're playing Candy by Leonard Bernstein. All right, this is legit Leonard. Like, this is stuff that you can go listen to right now. It's very exciting literature. We're playing Ar Armenian Dancers by Alfred Reed. These are all pieces that people will be playing as the featured piece on their programs. We're playing The Ponds of Rome by Respighi. We're playing a lot of... Uh, Chester by William Schumann and the piece of the concert is going to be Festive Overture by Shostakovich and Colonial, Song and Colonial Song by Percy Granger. So we're playing six to seven pieces of music on a concert cycle and every last one of these pieces are hard and are grade six music. Why? Because I don't want just want my students to do something because I know they like it. I also want to expose them to things that I know they don't like so that they're educated on those things. And I think it's so easy for band directors to get up and say, hey, man, I, I, I want to do what's great for my students. I think all band directors want what's best for their students. But I think we also have to be educated in what's going on out there and what's going on in the community to actually get our students excited. You're right. Um, Come Sunday by Omar Thomas is a great piece of music. But Come Sunday by Omar Thomas is a very difficult piece of music. And if you don't have the fundamentals in place to be able to play that piece, then you're not going to have a good time. And they're not going to like it. So I, I sympathize with what you're saying, man, but I'm never going to compromise on my integrity as a musician and exposing my students to all these other facets of music other than just what they like, because that's what my job is a band director, is to expose my students to things that I know they don't know and then teach them in a way that they can gain an appreciation, even if they don't like it. So I appreciate your comments, bro, but 
you know, that's that's just who I am. And for those people that don't like it, I'm sorry. And before you go, Justin, I, I will say this. I mean, because you really seem like you're passionate about trying to build a connection in or a bridge. Uh, one of the things that I would I would say is bring some people into this space. You know, bring them over. And hey, Julian, I'm actually going to talk about that too in my closing statement. So I actually have one tonight. Go ahead, bro. Oh, great. And allow them to see what we're talking about. And just like you, because, and, and I think I said this on the last show, I have a, 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 a so much respect for you, brother, because you make sure that you're, you're, you're present on every, every show. And then you are having the conversations with us to be able to get some understanding on both sides. And so I think a lot of that is is more or less just bringing bringing them in and saying, hey, listen to these brothers, because these brothers may have something that you may need or they may say something that you may agree with or disagree with. But if if you disagree, then let's have the conversation about it and, and let's talk to them about it. So I would definitely say bring them over to have that conversation. That's awesome. So or we'll come to them or we, yeah, or we'll come to them. Yeah, yeah, but I think, I think, I think, like I said, I don't know how I figure out some, but people, more people need to hear what y'all be saying. You know what I'm saying? Especially like you and you, Rick, because I see how they're shun you for saying some crazy shit. I know when I first heard you say some stuff, I was like, who the fuck is that guy? You know what I'm saying? But then when you when you start speaking the language, like, damn, yeah, this whole shit. Wait, hold on, wait a minute now. He keep coming to run, you know what I'm saying? Damn, it's like, okay, shit. He, he can play too. Wait, he been studying how long? So you see how it's like the things that, and it's just me listening. And I could be like, yeah, hey, y'all, let's shut up. He got some assists, you know what I'm saying? To everybody on the cranking side of things. I was like, even on some bed, I think they need to pop up and warm something up, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if you've ever been in front of, I got a monster down here, you don't be stupid big, this year. You know what I'm saying? I, I would love to, to just to see how you can tame this a beast of 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 musicians from everywhere that just go against all the rules. You know how the band director say, and maybe that can bridge the gap because shit, if all those directors who say we just, just cranking and not doing nothing, you know what I'm saying? If Rick could come and do a little something and show them, after you leave, we're gonna go back to doing what we do. But I just want to show you that it's possible to. To, to, to just bridge a gap, even if it's you just come talk to the band, you know what I'm saying? And point out some things be like, we ain't gonna have no way like that for you to talk to, but you know what I'm saying? Brad, try, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy, but just the damn, listen to what the man gotta say, and he he gonna listen to what we gotta say, but it's not nobody, I'm saying nobody's wrong, but when you have credentials, it's the band room. I don't care if you're a concert band, if you're the section leader and the section leader for practice and you walk in, you're gonna scoot down and give him his spot. You know what I'm saying? We all work the same, so we just need to just listen. That's all people. You listen to what people saying, and, and not mm-hmm. just go off of what they, what they, their background or the school they went to. They probably can have something that can help you. You know what I'm saying? I know me. I think you looking at all them pieces, and I'm gonna just go back and look at the show. Be like, what, what piece that was Rick had in his hand? Go look right. at some of our ranges. Hey, they got something up in there we can use for a rap song. Let me go take that part, and right. just you understand who yeah. So it just that's how I think. I, at once, and then I'm gonna go highlight it on you some kind of way, but like we doing this, so I think we can we can bridge the gap. And, I, and, I, and Justin, I appreciate those comments because I do that all the time. I had never wrote a rap song before, and I wrote that. Um, we did this rap song I wrote called um, um, what was the name of that Young Thug song, Julie? 
uh um did oh, dang it i can't remember so many uh dum, 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 dum. I, and i don't hate on the young people dripping that was it i went and did drip i was like okay i want the kids to know that i can do that too you know what i'm saying so justin i appreciate you coming on bro and you know Look, even with dripping Robin, matter of fact, we're gonna make that happen. Robin just said maybe you can do a workshop at the HBCU combine. That's like it's like a it's like a, a combine for band students down here. Whenever Robin them have that, Robin, I think he need to speak to all high school directors, man. Like and just shit, anybody who wanna come and you put together something to speak about Rick and just look at what we do. And I don't know, we can come together to make it appeasable, but let them know, like you know, we ain't doing it because I I hate to go over it. I also find this to be a thing. In high schools, a lot of high schools need band directors, right? They just be neat because the music program is dying. I can, I can go get a job at any high school being a director right now. I know, for sure. I don't know nothing about arranging. I can't tell you how to transpose. With the basics hold no half note, online four spaces and numbers, you know what I'm saying? I get a job, but I'm going to some arrangement. Come in. What I'm saying is, a lot of these things that y'all be preaching that on the high school level, and people, people just don't know because they ain't get that information. You know what I'm saying? But that's exactly and that's exactly what I be saying on the show, bro. That's, that's all that's exactly what I'm that's all I'm saying. Know that we have to know that we don't know, and we have to encourage and teach the young generation. That's all I ever say. People just don't like the the, the message because it, it, it makes us understand what we don't know. Do I know everything? Hell no. But I'm the type of person when I know I don't know something, I'm gonna go find it. And I'm gonna work my ass off to find it until I do. So Let's all stop on each other. Let's be more harmonious when it comes to improving the experience of black people. Because that's always most important. We want our people to move forward. We want our music to be what it has been for so many people, man. Like All these other groups come to HBCU and say, okay, what can we borrow from HBCU for what we do? I know that because that was one of the things that they wanted me to do when I got my job. So I'm just saying, man, we are all more on the same page than we think. We're just saying it in different ways. And if we can, like you said, do more listening rather than arguing at one another, I think we can really improve the band, the band community. And I just I really want you to hear what I say at the end, man, when we do the wrap up, because I actually, like I said, I've prepared something. So. Justin, man, I appreciate you, man. I always appreciate you, man. Thanks for the support, man. No problem at all. That's all. All right, bro. All right, man. Damn, hey, shoot, ain't no after party. That was the after party. <laughs> we just did the after party. God damn, we still got to go to work tomorrow. Well, Rick probably don't. All right, so let's go ahead and end it. Uh, let me look down at Maya. Am I looking down at Maya? There we go. You good? Man, you got to hit the what's up, man. I'm just making sure she good because I knew that she was kind of like, hey, look, this I'm is struggling to breathe. My, this is not my pedigree. And so I'm gonna bow bow gracefully. So I knew I already knew that what was going on. So it's all good. So let's go ahead and shut it down so she can go get some nasal spray and sit behind a steamer. So what's good, Ma? There we go. Any final thoughts? <laughs> Anything you got for the culture, Mike? Uh <laughs> I mean, loved it. Great show. <laughs> she trying to breathe. She on. <laughs> See y'all next week. Like, hopefully, I can breathe next week. 
And no, I do not have that stuff. It's literally just allergies and congestion. Thanks so much. Nobody thought or felt that way. Nobody. I know that was going to be next. No. Yeah, somebody's probably going to put it in the comments. All right, Quan, any final thoughts? Anything you got for the culture, bro? Again, bro, just be a willing vessel, dog. Like, like, just be a willing vessel. I mean, it doesn't matter if you have more degrees in the thermometer or if you're just a novice, but the, the, the truth about it all is everybody has a rite of passage, bro. Like, just straight up. I don't know the the countless hours that Paul Adams, from Paul Adams to William P. Foster to Rick to even Brian Simmons that they put it into the Rangers in, in their field. So I respect everybody's credit, but it is a process, though. And I think what frustrates people the most is everybody can be a Ranger if they're not willing to go through something. So my thing is, what you willing to sacrifice? You got to be humble, humble enough to ask questions, bro. <laughs> you know, at any level. That's all I'm saying. And and to answer your questions, Zachary, you say, are you willing to learn? Go and teach me some. Let me know when you're available, bro, and show me some things. Real talk. And I'll uh, I'll arrange specific things for my uh, 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 for my band. If you want to come here, uh, you know, word and do some things, man, just holler at me. You've been there before. All right, Rick. Any final thoughts? Anything you got for the culture? Yeah, man. If you allow me just a minute or two, man, I just want to say this. Uh, this message is to all the uh, HBCU uh, band directors, uh, in particular the ones uh, Dr. Taylor, Brian, and all them. You gentlemen are the most influential people in HBCU band culture. You run the most influential bands, um, whether that's Southern, Jackson, Texas Southern, PV, and whoever. Imagine how powerful the message would be for HBC band culture if all the bands were unified with one voice with, and that's affecting the lives of Black people or Hispanic people or whoever your band serves. Part of the reason why HBC bands are dying is because everybody's against one another. When you turn the thing on, it's just hate. There's nothing there that says, hey, we want to do what's better. Because if you did, you would care about the students that's on the other side of the just as much as you care about the students in your own band. We are in this together. Nobody is in our culture but us. But sometimes that gets lost. So my message is this. Use your talents in a way that is going to improve the lives of all black people, not just your own. Come up with something that we all can agree on. I know it's hard. I'm not telling that ever, us to have all our bands sound the same. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is we all know what good concepts of music are, regardless of the culture. And if we have a consistent message that we spread to our students, that is way more powerful than your band sucks. We need to get off our high horse, y'all. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about none of us on this call. It's about what's best for these students. Concepts of music don't change just because you are in the band that you are in. All you young people, you young arrangers, you young teachers, 
Your voice is just as relevant as anybody else's. Yes, we must listen to each other better. But we also must know that there's something that still needs to be learned. So let's unify, y'all. Let's get together. Let's stop arguing about your side is wrong and I'm right. All that mess, that's, that, that doesn't help us. Southern's a great band. Texas Southern's a great band. All these bands are great bands. Get together on the same page. Come up with something that works for everybody. And let's save the band culture like Justin was talking about. Let's get these influential teachers. I would love, man, to sit down in a room with Dr. Taylor from um, Southern, with Brian from uh, Texas Southern, you know, all these influential band directors with uh, Dr. Little from Jackson, all these great band directors. And let's say, how can we save our art? And let's treat it like what it is, art. It's not something that should be taken lightly. There is expertise to this, just like any other major there is out there. And we all have something to offer. The same way Zach has something to offer with these great comments he's been given. Same way with Justin. We all love this thing and we want to see it flourish. Support black people. Support who we are and what we stand for. Support the culture that gave all of us the lives that we have. I would not be who I am if it wasn't for my HBCU experience as much as my drum corps experience as much as my went ensemble experience, as much as anything else I've done with music, jazz. It all made me who I am. So I just, I want us to respect that. I want us to respect one another and be better to the culture that we say we love. Uh, God bless everybody. The Lord bless me, man. I had to have a surgery yesterday and uh, um, thank God I'm all good, y'all. Nothing's wrong with me, you know, but the good Lord, he blessed me. So I want to thank God for keeping me alive, man, and making sure I'm good. And I, I love you all, man. I love what we bring to the table. And let's do what we need to do to improve Black people's lives. That's it. All right, man. I, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I, I I did, did want to say something uh, before I get out of here or before we get out of here. Um, yeah, a lot of the conversation or a lot of the things that were said tonight were definitely needed. And one of the things that I want to make sure that I, that I want to reiterate is we don't know everything and I have to put it out there. You know, if I don't know something, I generally call Rick. That is Rick is my first go to. But there are a lot of times when me and Rick bounce ideas off of each other. Um, and just to give a great example, Killer Joe. The end of his arrangement on Killer Joe, he he was stuck. I can I'm, you don't mind if I tell the story, bro. He was stuck on the ending, and we were sitting back. He let me hear it. I heard. It. I was like, bro, that's a that's a pretty dope arrangement. He was like, man, I don't know what I'm gonna put on this end. I was like, man, you can do whatever you want to, man. What you gonna put on something like da dee da ba dee da? And he said, wait a minute, that's pretty dope. And he went back, and that's exactly what he wrote. And I remember I've been messing with that six nine chord, man. That yep. six nine chord was in my head, so I I built it on that six nine. Yep. I mean, these are the things that happen in conversations. I mean, I will talk to him about chords. He will let me hear his music. I will let him hear mine. We will go back and forth. That that is building each other up, and there's nothing wrong with that. None of us are perfect. I Rick will admit to me a thousand times a day, dog, you wrote some hell of arrangements for Prairie View, but that doesn't mean I'm the best damn arranger in the world. And I, I know I'm not, 
I still got work to do. And the knowledge that he has acquired with his doctorate degree, I, I've stolen from him. So we can always continue to borrow from each other, period, point blank. Dog. That's how we get better. This, once again, is what this is for. So we can have these conversations and bring these people in or bring people in who are not used to having these conversations. And those people who continue to to exist in echo chambers, get out of the echo chambers and start having some conversations with some people who, who think who think a little different than you. There's nothing wrong with that, because then you can apply it to the knowledge you already have. So once again, man, I appreciate everybody for stopping through. I appreciate everybody for joining us, man. This has been a great show. Y'all have been awesome, everybody. I appreciate you guys for joining us, man. I don't know what else to say other than we will see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in to Talk That Talk. Find us on social media outlets and YouTube at Real Talk That Talk. Talk That Talk is a brand of the Passion Is Network. You can contact Passion Is at passionis1919 at gmail.com. If you would like to contact the panel of Talk That Talk, email us at realtalkthattalk at gmail.com.